Hello, beautiful people. Wednesday, August 4th. Massive show. Massive show. Legend here. All-timer. Pretty good conversation. And then, obviously, we bounce around everything happening in the sports world. Can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. I hope you enjoy this convo from the golf world with lefty Phil Mickelson. I hope you enjoy the entire show. If you do, please be a friend. Tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Let's get to it. I got a lot of questions about what's going on with my money in the Colts here. Oh, Oh, what do you mean? As soon as Carson walked into this studio right here with his big ass, all right? And I saw how big he was. I saw how, you know, and Frank talked about this yesterday. Frank Reich, head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, stopped by the show yesterday to tell us a lot of things. Probably too many things if you're a Colts front office member, but maybe that is him being nice to me and the media saying, hey, this is exactly where we're at. Colts fans are potentially panicking. But whenever he mentioned Carson Wentz's aura and energy whenever he walks into a room, that was real whenever he walked in. For here. sure. Could feel it. Could actually feel it. Changed my entire stance on everything. I put a futures bet on the Indianapolis Colts to win the Super Bowl. I put a futures bet on Carson Wentz to win the MVP just immediately. Upon. Not a lot of money, okay? Not an intense, uh, not not five, ten years. All right. Oh, yeah. But I put a little bit of money on. I was like, these, these odds, I think it was like plus 2,500 at one point, And like these other things, I'm like, I'm going to bet on these. Then as things continue to roll out with Carson shooting hoops, you know, oh, yeah. and the team coming together, bonding, having a great time, the team talking to Frank Reich and the coaches and Chris Ballard to get things ready for them to get back in the building before the NFL and the NFLPA could get. I, I was like, all right, here we go. This team is ready to go. My money looks safe. Then obviously. There's an ankle injury to Darius Leonard coming into camp, allegedly. And Carson Wentz has a high school injury that kind of rears its little head back into this entire thing. Has to get surgery on the third day of training camp after looking very good. And then now Quentin Nelson, same exact injury, same exact surgery. It's a developmental anomaly that this man was built (laughs) with an extra bone in his foot that chipped off. Now he needs surgery. So I'm looking around, all right, and I'm starting to realize that maybe, maybe everything's falling apart. Maybe Maybe the Colts are fucked. Maybe the Colts are dead. And then every single day there comes a new piece of information that makes me worry about my money. Now it's Phillip Rivers talking to the L.A. Times farmer. Oh, yeah. All right, is that one farmer he's talking to? A collection of farmers? I'm not 100% sure, but via the at L.A. Times farmer, Phil Rivers said, I'm not closing the door on a comeback yet to the NFL. I'm focused on coaching, but I could come back. Is he saying that because what happened to Carson Wentz? You had Nick Foles cutting a promo just two days ago to get back into Indianapolis, basically. And after a conversation with Frank Reich yesterday, it is very comforting that it sounds like they're looking for Carson to be back in a few weeks, probably much more closer to five than the 12-week window. Now, with Quentin, we have no idea, but it sounds like Carson's back earlier than everybody else is expecting. Jacob Eason, Sam Ellinger, whoever it's going to be, will man the team there for a couple weeks, and then Carson will come back. That's what it felt like. With Quentin Nelson, though, I was a little bit worried, you know? Because that's well, a big body. Yeah, oh, yeah. Should be. And a foot injury is a big problem for a big body. But then I started thinking to myself, Quentin Nelson, best guard in the history of the fucking game. One of the toughest guys of all time. He'll be back, right? And then he went to Instagram and he said, listen up. I had three surgeries, okay, oh. this offseason. <laughs> Third surgery offseason in the books. No time for pity. Fuck that. Truth is, I'm thankful. Thankful for the early part of the timetable. Says five weeks. That gives me five weeks to do everything I can physically and mentally to be ready to go to week one to smash these goals. DYJ, do your job. Hell yeah. NMW, no matter what. Quentin Nelson, Wreck-It Ralph, fucking 
Earl Gray. Yeah. He's going to be back. Carson's going to be back. Darius is going to be back. Braden Smith just got a deal. Darius is going to get a deal. The Colts are all the way back, baby. Phillip Rivers is still fucking retired. Let's not worry about a damn thing. It's a great day to be in the MLS. Yeah. Yeah, that was close there. Is it, though? Is it? Edron James going into the Hall of Fame this weekend. True. All right. From gold teeth to gold jacket. I've been following the entire series on the internet. Peyton Manning's going in. Now, a lot of Broncos people going as well. Uh, So it's going to be a little bit split. But Jim Mercy saying, hey, whatever party you want, let's go ahead and do that thing. It's a great time to be in Indianapolis Colts. Is it not? That's not what... What do you guys, you guys don't think so? It just seems like, you know, you are very good at being positive and spinning everything to make it seem like, you know, you're doing okay. But I know that you are struggling with how the Colts are not going to get over eight and a half wins this year. I am so sorry for you. Wreck-It Ralph is superhuman. Absolutely. Okay. I didn't know he had one surgery this offseason. What? I didn't know yeah. he had two surgeries this offseason. Oh, what? Yeah, I didn't know he had three surgeries <laughs> yeah. this offseason. Well, I guess the foot one becomes the, this entire thing. I have no idea what the surgery is on, and we didn't hear about it. For that, I feel good. That means nobody was worried about a damn thing about him getting back. And now it's just the foot that he has to worry about. That's a lot of rehab. That is a lot of time spent, okay, learning how to teach or, or teaching whatever part of your body how to do its very elementary level of job again with – you know, scar tissue not being allowed to be formed where the scars are. So there's a metal rod that they rake against it on top of your skin that hurts so bad. And the early mornings and no off season, you know, all of that. There's Quentin, we didn't, we heard nothing. So the miserable Quentin Nelson, okay, that has had yeah. to go through three rehabs. You guys thought he was good before. Wait till you fucking see what he is this week or this year. Carson Wentz, that guy has had a bone bouncing around in his foot. Almost won an MVP with that. Guess yeah. what? He's fucking all the way back. We're taking a little vacation in the middle of training camp while you guys do all your working. All right? Don't you sure. worry about it. The Colts are all the way back. Don't have any stresses at all. It's just tough because, you know, you look at the worst possible way to start the season. Okay. Yeah. And, boy, we are looking right at it. <laughs> our, th- our three top dogs are, you know, coming off surgeries. We don't know when we're going to get them back. New team for Carson. Valuable okay. reps he's missing. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they can't win nine no, games. Yeah, okay. well, that's all we need them that's, for that's at this what point. Because we did hammer over eight and a half. I'm not saying they can't win nine games. But, boy, what a tough start to the season. A lot of excitement coming in. All right. I, a lot of excitement. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it came quick, too. It was like me. It was the Oculus. Yeah. It was a three-piece real quick. Pow, pang, and then, by the way, same one. Pang. Boom. Yeah. Knockout. It was Darius coming in, a little, whoa, 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 what? I didn't I know did, this guy. Jesus. What the hell? Yeah, it's fucking whole thing. And it was like, Carson Pang! Oh. Out of nowhere, just saw a video of him throwing the ball 70 yards of Pythagorean theorem. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like, all right, that can't get much worse. And then all of a sudden, that same punch, just the same exact fucking swing. We're ready. Said, hey, who's the other guy that's really good on this team? Oh, fucking Quentin Nelson. Yeah. All right, same one, fucking out. All right, not a big deal. We'll get back to it. We, there's a lot of other football conversations, too. Up there in New England, stuff's happening. Over there in Green Bay, stuff is happening. Obviously, in Pittsburgh, in Dallas, things are happening because we get NFL football tomorrow night. Yes! We have a spread on that game. We have odds on that game. We have bets for that game. The NFL is one day away from putting a product on a field in Canton, Ohio, as we celebrate the legends of the past. Speaking of legends of the past and of the current and probably forever, we got a chance to catch up with one yesterday. Uh, it was out of this, uh, the window of the show, uh, so we're airing it now. Ladies and gentlemen, Lefty stopped by for a fucking brilliant convo. I'm so, so thankful for it. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Be a friend, tell a friend. We'll see you on the other side. Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and... 
meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes, it's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. <laughs> should That was, oh, I think they're going in a different direction. So let's go back a sentence or two. Okay. Okay. When you, when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes. And guess what? Ha! Huh? Lasts a long time. Banging up, banging up, banging up. Yeah, it's yeah. Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. That's Boom. right. Dingers. Downtown. Bingo. David Population you, dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yes, medication. Free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. Cool. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a man whose name is synonymous with the sport of golf. For more than 25 years, he's been in the top 50 ranking in golfing. He's the current PGA champion, has made, and this number is public, so it's not us pocket watching at all, $95 million in the PGA, hitting bombs and hellacious seeds. Ladies and gentlemen, the lefty Phil Mickelson. How are you, man? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on your show. This is cool. No, we are very lucky that you're here. We want to let you know. Thank you so much for your time. We hope we don't make you dumber or worse at golf as we go through this conversation. Let's dive right into it. I just got off the course, Phil. All right. I had a couple birdies, had a couple pars, then I had like three to four triple bogeys. How, what, 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 I watched the match. Okay. I listened to you go through golf and teach me golf. And then the execution part, I just completely messed it up. What's going on, Phil? How do we get me to become good golfer? That's where I need to be at. Phil. I, I don't really worry about the triple bogeys and double bogeys. I make them too. Uh, but uh, I just try to make a lot of birdies, and that's what's that's what's fun. I would just recommend you play match play. That seems to be your thing, Pat. Yes, that is exactly right. I actually won by three holes, so uh, you and I are already on the same page. Looks like we're already dancing. Looks like we're already dancing. Uh, whenever you talk about the sport of golf, your career has been so many incredible chapters. And I think how a lot of us got introduced to you is like, hey, there's this California dude who is going against Tiger, it seems like, every single week. Did you know that what you and Tiger were doing was going to be so good for golf in the long haul? Did you hate those times? Did you enjoy those times? Did, was that a tough time for you mentally whenever, you know, you're going against the guy in the middle of his prime, but you were still a superstar in your own right? So... What was, what was cool about that was he brought out the best of me because he forced me and everybody else to get better. And that type of challenge, that type of uh, drive, uh, he, he instilled in a lot of us. And 
uh, I really enjoyed the fact that I had a chance to play against them. And granted, I probably would have won some more tournaments and, and possibly uh, some other majors and so forth, but I might not have because maybe I wouldn't have pushed myself as hard. Huh. I think as I look back, it, it identifies a, a couple of things, and that is to be the greatest or to be the best at your sport, it has to be all-encompassing. So you have to have the physical skill. You have to have the work ethic, obviously, but you also have to have the uh, mental focus the, the ability to be calm and the ability to, you know, kind of hyper-focus on your task as well as kind of the nutritional part, the eating part. And that's the part that I lacked. I didn't have this, the, the discipline in my eating that I had in my work ethic. As I look back, I wish I had done that differently. But because of Tiger, we as a tour have grown exponentially greater than I ever imagined because he brought us from the back page of the USA Today, if anybody knows what that is, to the front page of the USA Today and brought us on the front page of, of sports. And so that was really a big thing for the sport of golf. And uh, now we're in, the first time in a, in a little bit of a while. We're also having another boom because of COVID and it being one of the few things that you can do safely. Well, and also I think the match has – you have been a rock star. Yeah. I, yeah. Absolutely. And I, this last one I got to watch – uh, obviously, most recently, because and I watched it back a little bit last night because there was a couple things you did during that thing that I found so fascinating. One of them was when you were speaking about the match, and I, I, I think this is a new chapter of your life, by the way. You're like one of the faces of golf, everybody's favorite. You're like Uncle Phil at this point. Rest in peace to Uncle Phil and uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, <laughs> obviously. But you're like Uncle Phil to everybody. In the match, we're getting a chance to kind of learn a lot more about you. And I heard you say, and I think it was for one of your sponsors, so... I don't want to say the wrong one, but you said uh, the company has been a backer of the match since the beginning. Do you feel like real ownership over that? Because you are like the guy of that match, by the way. And, and I don't know if you realized that it, it felt like you felt it was getting a little slower and you're like, all right, I'm going to start doing a little bit more talk. You are like that is a big part of the match is learning from Uncle Phil Mickelson in there. Is that something you know going in or is that just how you naturally always are? So the match actually uh, was started by myself and a friend of mine, Brian Zerf, and we we're we we're half owners. So okay. we kind of had this idea of, of uh, it started a while ago, obviously, with the first one being myself and Tiger. And it didn't it is transformed into an opportunity to kind of bring athletes or other people or, who are the best at what they do and let the, the public kind of see them in a more fun light, which is more socially acceptable on the golf course. Like you can talk smack on the golf course and it's okay. <laughs> yeah. If you do that off the course, it, it doesn't, it doesn't come across great. And so the match gives uh, these players, like look at Tom Brady. I mean, he's the greatest at what he does, but you get to see a fun side of him. You get to see a sense of humor and you also get to see him humanized by the sport of golf. And so this has been a, uh, a fun way to kind of showcase people's personalities. And for me personally, it's been good because the by getting uh, rid of all of the uh, noise, let's say, okay, so we don't have fans so that we can have a lot more interaction, you get to hear the conversations between players and a lot of the little things that we say. And, and some of it's, uh, you know, is, it can be funny and entertaining, or some of it could be insightful and, and give you a different look at how some players are looking at shots and, and analyzing stuff. I really enjoyed listening to Bryson talk because he comes at golf at such a different area or different way, different angle that hearing what he has to say, it's actually helped me in a number of areas. I can't process and implement everything that he says, but I can take little tidbits that really help me. And so I think everybody can do that from all good players is not learn everything or try to do everything that they say, but take little tidbits that 
can can increase your game and performance. Yeah, not just in golf, by the way, but in life, you should be trying to learn and be a sponge and see the greats and what you can apply to your own life. And I think the match has done that immensely. And talking about the whole mental side of the sport, you saying DeChambeau comes from an opposite side. I would like to get to at some point because the mental toughness it takes to that ball is so small. Oh, man. Tiny. It is so small. And then the, I mean, this thing's like smaller than a. Field hockey stick is so small, oh, but geez. I don't know what they're doing. I was forced to watch that this weekend. This is smaller, though, than that. It makes no sense how you guys have success, prolonged success. And this is coming from somebody who had to punt a ball over and over again once or twice a quarter. The fact that you guys, mental capacity, we'll dive into that. But I want to talk about what you said about Tom Brady, because you were very complimentary of Tom Brady after the match about how he inspired you. And I think you mentioned this earlier about your diet and whenever you were younger, you wish you would take advantage of it more. I think Tom Brady's that same person where he looks back at whenever he was younger and wishes he was implementing some of the avocado ice cream and stuff that he's doing there. But aside from just the diet from Tom, what is it to be learned whenever you're around him? Is it just like, okay, this guy's the most competitive human I've ever encountered? Or what all is it you think that you've enjoyed being around Tom so much about? Seeing the way he keeps everything in balance and in check. So when he is playing football and studying film, he is fully present. His, his mind is, is cognizant of exactly what he's doing and he's, he's getting the most out of it. And then when he gets away from the field, the way he is able to re-engage with his wife and family and spend all of his time and focus and energy and be present with them. And then when he's out on the golf course, the way he can hang out, be present, be funny and, and let go. Uh, but also the, it's the overall discipline, the overall balance that he has. And, you know, we all think or wish that we had been a little bit more knowledgeable or insightful in areas throughout our career. But the fact is, we just didn't have that knowledge. Uh, we just didn't have the information. It wasn't out there. So when Tiger came out in golf, he was the first one to really start pushing kind of workouts. I mean, we had Gary Player years ago, but he was the first one that, that uh, really kind of everybody saw how working out could be an advantage and started doing that. And Tom Brady's really been the first one in the NFL that's, well, I shouldn't say that, Romanowski and uh, the linebacker for Denver for years, where they're doing everything they can to recover um, and eat right and, and uh, get their bodies to allow them to play at a, a later age. Like, uh, he, he has taken it to a next level, but the information that he has just wasn't around, you know, 15, 20 years ago. So we're learning as we go. But uh, the way he is able to be fully present in whatever he's doing is what uh, I, I'm really getting out of it, and it's it's helped me in other areas of my life. Phil, since the social media boom, all right, and, and I don't know how long or who was the one to tell you, like, hey, you just need to be – you need to buy in that you're Phil Mickelson. All right, and I, I don't know who had to have that conversation with you or not, but the bombs and seeds and the coffee and everything and the calves and the flexibility, it is, it's almost like I feel bad that I didn't know – what a Phil Mickelson was for all those years before the social media era. You've really taken to the new technology, the digital age, like a fish to water. Do you enjoy that? Do you do that yourself? Do you have a team? How has that thing come about? Because you are one of the best followers on the internet right now. I appreciate you saying that. And I was scared to go on <laughs> social media because I, first of all, have a very addictive personality. So I can get, I can go overboard and, um, and not not keep it in balance. But it, uh, when I first started, I had help, and it was frustrating for me because I wasn't able to get out little responses or little uh, tidbits that I wanted to put out there. So I just have taken it over myself, and and 
I try to keep it in balance. Uh, every now and then I'll get a uh, text from some guys on my team like, hey, what what are you doing, man? Take that down. <laughs> so, uh, and, and I'm okay with that. I try to um, I try to keep everything as positive as I can and as fun. And really, I'm just doing what I say and do on the golf course with my friends uh, and just kind of have like it's just coming out now because of social media. And uh, I haven't been any different, but it's easier to. So when we say things, how we say it changes the meaning entirely. Right. So if we're out, um, if we're out playing with your buddies, Pat, and you make a 30 footer and you start mouthing off that's how it's done my man like you or, or that's how it's done my man yeah like one's in your face yeah uh intrusive and the other is kind of funny based on your inflection and so what's a lot what social media has allowed me to do is present it in the right tone or light that it's meant because sometimes it's not read the way that oh yeah it was said oh yeah yeah that is that is one of the biggest flaws of social media shout out to me right there two times me how you doing keep it moving did he just bail on us he got kicked out of the zoom okay we don't do zoom we don't do zoom. <laughs> zoom's not the best but phil fucking phil fucking yeah, yeah, that's right you do that's what right. you gotta do for phil mickelson i, I want to get into uh i want to get into his uh, brain yeah. yeah, yeah. See what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I want to dive into there. Mm-hmm. I really want. What's to in the works? Yeah. So, so we we got cut off for a second, but I just thought maybe you could only take me in doses. Which <laughs> I, do, and I totally get it. Hey, that happens to me all the time too, Phil. I thought you were doing that on the opposite end, so <laughs> that was not the case. Classic technology, but I do enjoy that you've taken over uh, your social media and the way you do things and say things is fantastic. Uh, listening to you talk, though. Uh, and I, maybe it's just golf in general, but it seems like you're a very deep thinker. Have you always been this way? Are you are you well studied? Do you like books, or has golf just kind of captivated your entire life, and you just love the sport so much? You're all the way in there. So when I get interested in something, I kind of dive all in. Like I go I, almost overboard, and it's to a fault. So I get back to that balance thing, and so, but I try to learn everything I can to uh to be as knowledgeable as i can in a particular area of interest and so uh, the most you know so i feel like i, I have a, a reasonable amount of knowledge in certain areas and absolutely no knowledge in other areas <laughs> and i would prefer to ask questions because i always feel like when you're asking questions you're learning something new when you're talking you're just reiterating what you already know mm-hmm. i i would be mu- i like being much more inquisitive but um you know, it just depends what we're talking about um, that kind of changes the, the, the narrative. Okay, so when you're working, it seems like you dive all in. You've said it a couple of times. Whenever you're working on golf, do you still have the same routine that you had whenever you were younger now, or is it much different? And how often do you just go down there and just hit Phil Mickelson flop shots? Because <laughs> every time I golf and I turn, like, let's say I have a 60 degree. No big deal. It's about 70 yards. I found out this morning on hole seven, by the way. That would have been nice to know. Hole one would have been a much little bit better piece of information to have in my whole golf game. But anytime you turn one sideways, and you flatten it, you're like, oh, watch this. I'm going to do like Phil Mickelson does. And then you just go out there. Normally, you either blade it, hit it straight up in the air (laughs) Mm -hmm. to the right, or you somehow get lucky and it goes and everybody's like, oh, my God. Incredible shot. Phil Mickelson. That's what I – that has kind of become – and I remember you hit the one over your head that one time. That was a mind blower from me. Is is the short game something you've always just been good at, or are you good at it because that's all – you work, like, so much on it at all times? 
when I was a kid, my dad had a little chipping area in our backyard and putting green. And so I would just go out there and hit balls because I couldn't really go to the golf course. And all I did was shots inside 30 yards. And it got very monotonous to hit the same shot over and over. So I'd go behind the avocado tree. I'd go oh. uh, back around the, the, the other trees and, and bushes and rough and so forth. And so I, I would get creative as a kid hitting those shots. And you kind of learn, um, you kind of learn a couple of things. But what I would say, Pat, is that there's really only way, one way to chip effectively because you're coming in with no coverage on the ball. You're coming in with so much loft that the leading edge is coming in first. So you have to have your weight forward. That's it. You have to have your weight forward and drive the club down into the ground. And most people, when they, when they do that, their hands either come back or their weight comes back and the leading edge comes up and blades it. Now, you can kind of flip your hands a little bit if you have a good lie. Like if the ball's sitting in the first cut or it's sitting up, but that technique will not work all the time. And so uh, that's why I, I prefer and believe that the technique where you have your weight forward, your hands forward, and you drive the club down to the ground will be consistent every time. So lay that club flat, move that ball off your left toe, get that ball off your front left toe. There you go. And open that face flat and just drive the club down into the ground. The ball will pop up like a gym. I think I'm a scratch golfer. Let's go! <laughs> I think, I think I, it makes sense, by the way, that your childhood was spent within 30 yards of a green. Um, my childhood was spent kicking a soccer ball off the side of a house. Worked out for me. It's worked out for you much better. <laughs> so I think my kid potentially is going to do that. I see the Wanamaker Trophy. I see better than ever. It really does feel like you are playing your best golf you have ever played. Is that? I heard Drew Brees say this one time, and it was, I think, last year or maybe the year before. And he said, as you get older in the sport of football, your brain gets so much better. You're just hoping your body can hang on so you can take advantage of all your knowledge. Is that how you feel in golf? Are you going to be able to do this till you're 70, you think? Or are you going to be able to play at this high level with where your body is with the uh, with the coffee mm -hmm. and no jitters, no crash with the coffee? That's right. Also, uh, yep. There, yeah. 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 Oh, it's good coffee. Woo. Hey, that coffee's good coffee. <laughs> but with, with your brain and with the way golf works, there's no end in sight. You're playing the best you've ever played, right? Am I wrong in thinking that or no? No, I agree. I agree. And I've learned a lot over these last 10 years about nutrition and about my body because of something that happened to me when I was 40 in uh, 2010 when I got an autoimmune disease, psoriatic arthritis, and I wanted to get rid of it. I had to go on a very strong uh, drug, a, a TNF inhibitor, and I, I went to a health practitioner. I said, how can I help myself? and be accountable for my own health. And he, he did a bunch of tests and he found out that my immune system, my T1 and T2 cells, as he, as he referred to it, were out of balance and that I had way too much TH1, I needed more TH2. He said, TH2. drink coffee all day and take grapeseed extract, resveratrol and green tea extract. So I do. I have not been sick a day in 11 years. I'm off all meds. I don't have arthritis anymore. There's no reason why I could not be uh, performing at a high level for, for many, many years, as long as my drive and my interest is up. But I love golf, and I'm passionate about golf, and I play it not because of any extrinsic rewards, but because of the intrinsic rewards, because of the love and passion and, and enjoyment that I get out of it that uh, and the, as well as the competition. So there's no reason why I should not be able to play at a high level uh, for a long period of time. My wife, my wife is one of the most charismatic, dynamic individuals I've ever met. And she gave me, she was, she was able to convince an artist, Ed Ruscha, 
to make the, who's very famous for word art to make this um, uh, picture painting for my 50th birthday better than ever. And it refers to a lot of areas in my life. I want to be better than ever in our relationship. I want to be better than ever in my career. I want to be better than ever in all parts of my life. And it was a very inspiring thing. And that's why actually I have it here. I look at it every day and um, it's a, it's, it's a very motivating piece for me. And I love how art can instill this emotion. It brings out inspiration for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Sometimes getting a visual uh, reminder, by the way, is something that is beautiful. Congrats to you and your wife on an incredible run and also the motivation here to make you the best you possible. I think it's fascinating with professional athletes. Really good, really good, really good. Get to a point where business gets involved. You kind of get jaded, but you're still really good. Then you kind of see the 18th hole. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and you start to, I think you start to enjoy it more. And that's in all sports. That's not just in golf. You see it in football. You'll see one of our greats, like even Tom, I think he's enjoying it now more than ever because he knows it's potentially over at some point. You kind of, you don't take the little practices for granted anymore. You enjoy the finer things. It's nice to know that you're there completely and fully. And it seems like, hey, how far are we hitting the ball right now? How far are we hitting the ball right now if we had to? Just uncork a bomb or a <laughs> how far how far we got it right now if you had to? Uh farther than my opponent. Hell yeah! yeah. I heard you keeping track with DeChambeau in the back show. <laughs> yeah. I heard you keeping track there a couple of times. My last question before the boys have it, and I can't thank you enough for your time. I know you're very busy. You got another couple of tournaments to win within the next probably month or so. Um, when you hear DeChambeau talk about the way he was talking, there was a lot of numbers involved. Oh, we got to go seven to eight to nine to 10 to this and that and that whole thing. And I know there's a different way of looking at it for you guys, I would assume, but what D, you alluded to it earlier, DeChambeau is just a completely different animal when it comes to golf, or there have been people that act the way he does. He's just ramping it up a complete different level. And then whenever you're looking at shots, is there any thinking or is it just kind of like, oh, we're this far out. I got to do, well, I, no thinking. I've heard you, oh, the, the grass is a little moist. It's 7 a.m. Yeah. It's growing towards us. The sun's this way, so I'm going to punch it in there. Then it's going to slow down a little bit. Is that every shot you're having full thoughts like that? And why is DeChambeau so much different than the way you operate? So I'll give you a little example of how we do the same thing, but in a more in a different way. His is more scientific and technology based, and I'm doing the same thing or have been for years. So, for instance, lag putting, when we uh, get on fast greens, what I would do and have done for 20 years with the help of Dave Pels was build a reference stroke for 40 feet, 50 feet, 60 feet. So I know uphill and downhill. So I know if I take it back this far and I accelerate as fast as I can, I know this putt's going to go 50 feet, okay? And I would have to reset that each week based on the green speeds. But <clears throat> Augusta, you can't tell or feel the difference between 50 feet and 55 feet downhill. It is so minute. But if you have a reference point that you know is 50 feet and you take it back there and you accelerate and it goes 50 feet every time, well, that's a reference point. Okay, so that's what I do. What, what Bryson does is he takes it back to certain points and he reads from the little portable uh, launch monitor, the quad that he uses, the ball speed, how fast the ball comes off the face. So he knows that if he takes the putter back to this point and accelerates as fast as he can, the ball will come off at four miles an hour, six miles an hour, eight miles an hour. And he knows mathematically that downhill on a green that stems at 13, that putt's going to roll out 55 feet. 
and uphill into a, a stint green at 13 and a half, that ball is going to roll 42 feet. Like he has the, the math on that. And so he's doing the same thing, but in a much more scientific way. I did not have that technology when I was practicing. So I had to do it a, a little bit different way to build that reference. So now when we go out on the, on the uh, golf course and we're hitting shots, he's doing the same thing, reading the lies. And what he's doing is identifying why the ball is coming up short or shorter than normal based on different lies. So you talk about water in the, if there's water, okay. Water actually increases the spin. So what, and I, and I, I didn't know this until ta- I didn't know why, like I knew it and I knew that it spun more. I just didn't know why. And he said, he was the one that explained it to me. Well, imagine the dimples as suction. And when you get water in there, it creates a greater suction and a better grip on the surface area. So, so with a four iron, a five iron, a six iron, you're going to get another 1,000, 1,500 RPMs of spin, which is going to make the ball go a lot shorter. However, there's a point of deflection. So when you start getting too much loft, it will cause slippage where the ball will slide up the face and be Uh, kind of like a jumper. See, Phil, Phil, isn't this so much thinking to be had while you guys are trying to do something that is – I mean, a ball trying to fit on this thing is, how do you guys not, and that's, the yips are a real thing, I guess, but how how do you get out of your own brain whenever you have that much going on? And I said this about DeChambeau, and I'm just looking at it as a punter, kicker, who also has to battle, you know, in between the ears, basically, before everything. Once one of those things unravels, isn't there a chance that that could continue to go? And it is the in-between the ears thing, that's the entire game of golf, is it not? So, yes, and you've heard many many people say it's about the process. Enjoy the process. You have to, uh, there's a, there was a, um, an incredible Zen master, Awa Kenzo. He was the one of the no. book, Ar- uh, Zen and the Art of Archery, okay, was written by this guy, Harigal, who wanted to study with Awa Kenzo. And this guy um, was this incredible archer back in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And he said something called, you, you need to let go of your willful will. You need to let go of your um, desire to control the outcome is the way I interpret it, right? So if you look at Bryson, when he's factoring in all of these numbers, what's he doing? He's in the process. He's enjoying the process. He's not worried if the ball ends up a foot. He's worried about how to get the ball to end up a foot. And so he's running this math, and he's doing it in his head in a matter of a fraction of a second, faster, as fast as a computer almost, maybe not a computer, but close, because he's done it so many times. And if you see him on the range, thousands and thousands of balls over, he's hitting balls at 945 at night at the U.S. Open. Like, <laughs> nobody works harder than Bryce. Th- he's that not I've enjoying seen. the process. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's, that's an, it. Uh, that's amazing. Go ahead, Ty. Phil, I am also a lefty, so thank you for giving me someone to emulate while I was growing up playing golf. But I've always been curious, like, what's your mindset going into a tournament? Obviously, you win the PGA this year. And then you go to like the uh, the Open Championship. Do you, when you're going in, are you thinking like, okay, I'm going to win this tournament no matter what? Or you obviously know your game better than anyone else, and you miss the cut. Like, are you thinking, okay, I'm going to have to be perfect in in all different ways to to win and compete this week? Like, how does that go? So, in my mindset, is I want to prepare and give myself every uh, my best chance to to succeed and be in. Pos- position to contend or win or what have you. 
And when I went into, I'm going to use the U.S. Open as a better example because it was here in San Diego. And I went out to Torrey the week before the U.S. Open, and I spent hours each day putting on every green and videoing every putt. I hit, I don't know, seven, eight, 800 putts maybe, maybe more. Uh, I averaged 30 times 18, so, you know, seven, 800 putts. And I would watch them. And I would, uh, before the, the rounds, I would go out and see, pick the, the whole location that they actually had for that day, and I'd watch the videos. And I'd go work on my game. And the fact is, is that I didn't play well, and I didn't win. And um, John Rahm did. What a great win. But I did everything I could to succeed. And I go to the British Open, and I practice, and I went there early, and I prepared. I was playing really well. I was playing really well heading to the Open. I do not know what happened on Thursday. I played great in the practice rounds. I felt prepared. I felt ready. I thought I was going to come out and play. And my mind went blank, and I just I just kind of lost it. And I think that's one of those things where after playing you know, five out of six weeks, I had the match in there. I, I, I didn't have the mental strength, capacity, or longevity, whatever. Maybe it's at age. Maybe it's just me to – to be that present, that focus for that period of time. And so that's why we as athletes have to understand and know ourselves and kind of pace ourselves so that we perform at the, uh, the, the biggest events. But, okay, so now knowing that, knowing that I prepared as well as I could and I did everything I possibly could, if I don't succeed, it's okay because I can't do anything different. So I gave it my best chance. I gave it everything I could. I put everything into it. I didn't succeed. Now, when I do succeed like a PGA – it's very fulfilling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would say. Right? Yeah. Right? Because you, you live for those moments. And when you, when you get a few of those moments, you cherish them forever. Uh, six major wins. Uh, so many, so many magical moments in the history of golf. You're drinking out of a mug with your own picture on it. I mean, what, job well done. Yeah. Hey, Lefty, hell of a job. And his last question, we can't thank you enough for your time. Better than ever, obviously. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Phil, one of the big storylines that's been going on in golf lately is this Brooks-Bryson rivalry. Is that something you think is good for golf, or do you think that there's kind of no room for that on the tour and it almost draws like a divide in the uh, clubhouse? I think it's brilliant for golf. I think it's <laughs> incredible. Uh, and And I like and respect both players very much, and – I think that it's something that has helped golf transcend outside of just the golf page, but more into the sports world. And uh, I think it's been great for the both of them individually as well. So I, I, I just uh, I think it's been terrific. And, and they've brought a lot of awareness to the game of golf and a lot of great storylines, a lot of interest. I, I think it's been fabulous. There was a conversation that it was going to be Bryson Brooks. And Mickelson. Yeah. And uh, I think it was the the first pairing potentially post the eye roll DeChambeau Brooks situation. And I think everybody was like, Phil Mickelson's the perfect guy to put in. <laughs> yeah. Phil Mickelson's the perfect guy to put in there. Are you some you're you have to be somebody that all these young golfers go to, right? That have to be. I assume that that is just uh, a kind of a, a part of the job now at this point is answering and giving advice, or is that not something that happens in golf? No, it definitely happens. And for me, it was guys like Ben Crenshaw that were very helpful where I was able to ask questions. And so it's helpful to have a lot of these questions answered and get some ideas and direction on how to handle some difficult situations that nobody else would really be aware of unless you were in the golf world, unless you were playing the PGA Tour, some of the challenges that you face. And and there's solutions. There's a lot of solutions to them, but sometimes it takes a while to find them on your own. So um, 
I'd be happy to answer anything. I'd also be happy to kind of referee as the third wheel in that <laughs> match too. But um, I, I don't think it's a great idea to do it during a major championship. And the reason is it takes away from the major championship. I think it puts yeah. all the focus on, on the group and not on the tournament itself. And in a major, you want to elevate the status of the event. In a regular tour event, I think it's great. I think it'd be fine because uh, you want to create interest in that PJ Tour event. The majors don't need the interest. They, do, they want to let their their own history uh, be the storyline. And so that's why I didn't think it was great in the, in the majors, but I wouldn't be surprised if it happens in the tour event. I can't wait to see it. Last question before we let you go. Aaron Rodgers, the best golfer you've seen in the match, yeah? yeah uh, well, that aren't tour pros, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Did you expect that out of him or no? I was hoping it wouldn't be the case, but (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know you guys did not have a relationship before that. I assumed you two knew each other when he gave a shut up Phil or something like that. I started laughing so hard, but that goes back to your point in the realm of competition and golf. You're allowed to say things like that and people are completely cool with it. And you were completely cool with it at the time, as were you today. Thank you so much, Phil. We appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on and good luck with everything. I'm a big fan. I enjoyed being a part of it. Well, Phil, you know, the fact that you potentially know this show exists is a big day. Yeah. The fact that you came on here, we're not better than ever. We still stink, but you're an absolute legend. Ladies and gentlemen, Phil Mickelson. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers, man. The Hammered Down boys have joined us, the two hottest men in gambling, and have been for some months now at this mm-hmm. time. Did you go 4-0 last night, Gumpy? 4-1. Okay, so now you're 18-4. and four Yes, sir. In your last 22. Jesus. That's un- Diggs? That's on a run. Hey, Diggs. Let's see. You're nothing to sneeze at either. You're no, handing no, 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 out no. money. You have been handing out money. But right now, what I think we need to realize is we have somebody who is giving out public bets mm-hmm. that is on a heater. And people are saying, well, Pat, you're going to jinx it now for talking about it. It's like, no, I've been talking about this now for three, days. four days. Mm-hmm. And if you have not gotten on board yet, you have missed out. We have to acknowledge when somebody's brain is clicking on all cylinders. We have to acknowledge when a beard is not the only flawless thing about somebody, their ability to scan through an entire sports book, and an app that has so many bets on it and find winners. You have to acknowledge that, and we have to benefit and profit off of that. Ladies and gentlemen, the hottest gambler on earth right now at Bubble Gump. Hey, it's got to feel pretty good. You got a bad big smile on your face, I assume, tonight? It's the best. There's nothing better. Food tastes better. Oh, yeah. Drinks mm-hmm. taste better. Yeah. You ride that wave, my friend, because you just never know when it could come crumbling down. Now, let's, it, it won't, by the way. I, I think, honestly, this is the new you. You know, Phil Mickelson told us in the last hour that he doesn't see an end in sight with how he's been able to golf and take care of his body. I think that's what we're looking at with you, Gumpy. So I think you need to acknowledge what we all have acknowledged right now, and that is you are at the top of your game. And whenever you're at the top of your game, guess what? We're all making a lot of money off of it. So we appreciate you, man. Go ahead and enjoy the hell out of that. Enjoy the food. Enjoy everything that comes with it. Because we do know that if it does turn, you take it very seriously. Oh, yeah. So let's live for these moments. (laughs) Right. The food does start to taste terrible well yeah, yeah. and your entire aura just oh man you look like a beaten man your world crumbles around you <laughs> Wait a second, so, you, you have a hot bat right now yeah. my friend you so are you enjoy this yeah. yeah enjoy please do like go out 
and get the nice thing. Like, I need you to enjoy this because how hard you take the losses, you have to enjoy the ups. If you're going to take the downs, I'm, I'm not somebody that really does that at this point anymore because I think I've been either heartbroken or let down so many times. So I've kind of gotten rid of that when it comes to these types of things. But with how you handle them at this point in your life, whenever you're losing, which is very rare, the disappointment that you radiate because you feel like you've let everybody down is is palpable. It is it is something that I feel so bad. I'm like, Gumpy, hey, fucking come on. Zoom out. This is baseball, pal. You're taking a lot of swings here. Don't worry about the losses. But you take it so serious. Now that you're on this incredible hot... Let's fucking enjoy, enjoy it. it. Hey, let's pimp the bat. Man. Yeah, you're hitting big time. Hey, let's go ahead and pimp these home runs. You know what I mean? Let's. I think we deserve... You know... I think, I think we deserve, you know, a, a fresh new gun. Let's send them yeah. on a shopping spree. Yeah. Here we go. Oh. Hell yeah. Here I, we think, go. I think the listeners have hammered down and us, the people who are profiting off of this, mm-hmm. we should take care of Gumpy for this entire thing. Don't you think, Tom? I mean, yeah, 18 and 4. I mean, Come on. Me? You know how much money me? we're making off of this guy what? right now? Joining us now is a man who uh, is probably the one who should pay for the shopping spree. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, definitely. A thousand percent. Because... What he said about Gumpy looking like Fidel Castro is potentially the moment where everything changed. Yeah. Motivator. What? Okay. (laughs) 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 National champion. Ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hawk. Hey, did you hear what Gumpy has done since you mocked him in front of all these people looking like a dictator? Well, first off, I did not mock him. I simply made oh, an observation wow. okay. on what he was wearing. And it turned turns out, hey, I was pretty spot on, right? So, Gumpy, you are welcome. I appreciate the fact that I can uh, I can motivate you to make a bunch of money for all these people that follow you. Yeah, and Ohio will get legalized sports gambling. And within the next two years, we are yeah, told by somebody who is entrenched in battle right yeah. now. Good, good, good luck. Good luck. Good luck, Good luck, Gonzo. Good luck. You can do it. Um, did you hear the conversation with Phil Mickelson in the first hour? I was able to to see some of it. Yes, it was great. Phil Phil seems to love you, and it seems like you really lit up at the end. That's the one part I did see. Oh, you are aware of me, Phil. All right. <laughs> yeah. I got. It. I was pumped for you. I was like, sweet. Phil Phil knows of of what you do. What what happens here? You know, it's a very interesting thing, uh, and I'm happy that you got to see the true sense of joy that I had whenever he said that. Because you should have. You shouldn't hide that. I think you should show that. Okay. Cool. I okay. Good. Because I feel the exact same way. Because I don't really hang out with anybody. I don't go see people. I don't do anything. Outside of the WWE, I am pretty much around the same people all the time. I think, like, Chicago, me and my lady walking down the streets, that's, like, the first time I've ever, in a long time, been out and about. There's a lot of people in Chicago that came and said hello and knew the show and everything like that. People were very nice. But whenever you hear it from somebody like Phil, it's like, hey, you know, maybe we're doing a little something. <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe maybe we're doing a little something out there. We uh, we can't thank him enough. He also said off-air, A.J. Hawk, his favorite football player of all time. By yeah. far. Man, thanks, Phil. Very nice of you. He didn't say it, but <laughs> I'm putting words in his Obviously. mouth. I'm ruining the relationship. <laughs> if, you, if you really thought that I believed you, then I probably shouldn't be on this show. Okay, a couple things. Let's get into it. You're right. There's not a lot of people that could handle the spot that you have sat in on a regular basis. We appreciate that. A couple things to go and hit around the NFL. AJ, Trey Lance looking like a... Uh, Patrick Mahomes 2.0. Wow. Patrick Mahomes 2.0 says Benjamin Albright at Albright NFL. And Benjamin Albright knows his shit, doesn't he? What's going on? What was that? What was that? What do you mean? Well, it was was very audible. Oh, no. That wasn't towards Ben. Me and Ben have 
Do you and Ben Albright have beef? I didn't. Is this well, the person? Remember, he you... was the, he was the guy that had me blocked for no reason. Oh yeah, yeah but you yeah. guys are back. Yeah, we're good. Okay, so let's I move was on. The, my I should have kept it to myself because you got you were explaining the situation. But I mean, let's relax. Let's pump the brakes a little bit on Mahomes. Okay, 2.0. okay, okay. So Diggs is offended about Patrick Mahomes 2.0. And by the way, I don't think I love that much either because you're talking about ridiculous expectations now for a guy who I guess was the number three overall pick where everybody's going to be expecting him to be great to begin with, but we should appreciate Patrick Mahomes enough not to just grace everybody with Mahomes 2.0. Just like whenever they said uh, Mac Jones had a little Tom Brady in him, it was like, okay, he can throw the ball well. He can break. What, what it, because like Tom Brady is Tom Brady because Tom Brady's brain is different than everybody else. It's just like Patrick Mahomes, same thing. But that, that has to be great to hear out of the Niners faithful who thought they were getting Mac Jones for about a month and a half, ended up with Trey Lance. But this also follows up with John Lynch telling Adam Schefter, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo looks better than he's ever looked. Uh, on Schefter's podcast, felt like John Lynch almost said, hey, Anybody want to come trade for Jimmy Garoppolo? Come on and get him. <laughs> yeah. And then with what they're saying about Trey Lance, let's go ahead and do that. Great situation to be in with two great quarterbacks in the NFL, especially for a team that has been ravaged with injury over the last couple of years. Well, I, I think it's all part of, like, I think it all can be true. Like, yeah, Trey Lance, from the, the throws that have been out there online, yeah, he looks really good. Um, Jimmy G looks good as well. But I saw Colin Cowherd a couple hours ago talk about it, saying, like, all you're saying when you're pumping Trey Lance up this much is that, hey, the price tag is don't come cheap if you want Jimmy G. Like, it's going to cost you. That's why if both of them are playing well and you can say that and you believe that, yeah, you're in a great situation. That's a fascinating take because my take is, like, if Jimmy G gets hurt, you got a guy who could potentially win you a Super Bowl. Maybe if they're thinking he's Mahomes 2.0, and maybe they're viewing it that way because the Alex Smith-Patrick Mahomes situation as well, where it's like the stories I was, I was told from – Anonymous sources. Ooh, okay. And I'm normally not great at this, so I might give the person's name. The punter told me. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Colquitt did tell me, though. He was like, yeah, the, um, the entire year there, what Patrick Mahomes is doing against the defense. Because you don't get any reps on the offense when you're a backup quarterback. I think Jameis came out and said that basically the other day. We have said that a lot. Backup quarterback in the NFL, although your job is very significant and important, you're not getting a lot of reps because why would you waste any reps between the number ones with anybody other than your quarterback whenever those things are so uh, paramount in this entire thing. But whenever you, you think about Patrick Mahomes slicing and dicing that Chiefs defense all year and the entire team watching it just being like, God damn. But Alex Smith was playing like MVP-like football and he was finally in a situation where he had a head coach and a, a team around him and he was playing great football. They beat the Patriots by like 700 the first week. Yeah. He was in the MVP conversation. This was the Alex Smith this was the Alex Smith that everybody was like, okay, finally, number one overall pick over Aaron Rodgers, Alex Smith. And although Aaron and Alex don't have any beef with that whole thing, he was born. So when, when they ship him out of town to Washington and Patrick Mahomes starts against Denver in Denver, they win, and then he's on the bench the rest of the time, there was a lot of, myself included, that were like, Alex Smith is finally playing great football and you're just going to say, get out. And then I got a, that's when I got a text from Colquitt that was like, uh, Hey, just wait until you see this fucking guy. And uh, that has been 100% accurate. Kansas City Chiefs fans called in the show. I forget where we were. I think we were on Sirius at the time. Uh, or maybe we are just live on YouTube or somewhere else. I forget where we were. Somebody called in. They're like, Patrick Mahomes is going to be the MVP. I've watched every training camp practice this guy. And we're like, get the fuck out of here to that guy. And it's it's been real. So yeah. maybe that's what they're alluding to. And if that's the case, then maybe Lynch is looking to get rid of Jimmy G. And there's some teams right now that are desperate still, I guess. Right, they're, I think they're in a good spot because they can sit back and say no for any offers that come at them with Jimmy G because they, 
they know we can keep him on here and have both these guys here. Even if we play Trey Lance, even if we want to put him in, let's have a solid backup that we trust until we get an offer that says, all right, this is just this is too good to turn down. So here you go. You got him. And they remember whenever they were going to draft Mac Jones at the time, they came out at the Alabama Pro Day, I think, and told somebody like, Jimmy G is still in our plans. Jimmy G is still in our plans. They told Jimmy G that he was, and we thought naturally like 20 some million dollars would be saved if they just moved Jimmy G and they already knew. They just gave up two first rounders to get up to three. If they're not taking a quarterback, they're going to be judged for that. If they're taking a quarterback, that is obviously the future of the franchise. You could save some money in a cap you know, strapped year here with the salary cap not jumping as much as everybody thought because Uncle COVID came through. I believe that was uh, uh, COVID Alpha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're now on yeah. Lambda and Delta Plus. And, and I'll tell you what, when you fly Delta Plus, that's some bitch is quick. Yeah, moving. Yeah. But they said we have enough money to manage it all. I guess they're sticking by that. But it, it could get expensive. Like, it could get pretty tasty, a trade offer. And if Trey Lance continues to ball out, maybe they'll look at it. But I, Schefter's podcast seems to be a place where you know, like you would set a seed maybe Get if you're trying to make him right in that like kind of ice people probably listen to Schefter. Oh, yeah. That's why he has all the connections. You know what I mean? Is that a place we'll have to watch and see? I hope Trey Lance is in Mahomes 2.0, though, because whenever Mahomes is on TV, guess what? I need to fucking watch it. And I hope <laughs> I hope Trey Lance is uh, that same type of player. Let's go to uh, the Los Angeles Rams practice. We talked about this yesterday. And you said it's hurt all the time. Stay away from the fuck quarterback. It is. It's even though it's very difficult. Matthew Stafford injured his thumb at the end of practice, hitting it off a helmet. He was supposed to have a day off. Listen to this, AJ. He's supposed to have a day off. He said, I don't have fucking days off. No way. Well, he taped the thumb. Foxy said, what is this? This is a little bit of a paper cut for this guy. That's it. That's all it is. This guy's played with a broken neck before. Aaron Donald's come out and said, like, hey, watching Matthew Stafford do what Matthew Stafford does is something I ain't never seen before, basically. So everybody immediately goes, oh, he's burying Goff. And it's like, no, I think he's just impressed by what he's seen with Stafford, as we all have been who've got to see him play. This guy's it. This is a potential MVP year for Matthew Stafford. L.A., bright lights, if that team does well, never had a vote. I mean, this could be massive for Matthew Stafford, AJ. Of course. Didn't we? I think I said a couple days ago on the show, like, I think Stafford is a, is a, could easily be an MVP candidate this year. I think someone called in or maybe some one of the toxic table guys tried to tell me, like, oh, absolutely not. Oh, stooge. Whoa. We're trying to say Stafford's uh, so it's not probably you. No, oh. no, it yeah. wasn't. Not at all. Connor, yeah. can you redo can you do the John Bond thing real quick? <laughs> AJ, I'm not just some dancing clown. I haven't seen that right. clip. I want a clip of it. I wanted to see it last night. I didn't see any of it. Oh, there's clip. I watched yeah. it ten times yeah, last clips night. Out. Send me, someone send me a link, please. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send it to your email, you know, at Hotmail. Yeah, we'll send it over there. AOL.com. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you need, we'll get it over there. I watched it ten times last night, but we the more and more we talked about it and it was a good conversation that said John Bond that you talked about brought up. Mm-hmm. What is going to be your betting style here for the future's MVP bets? So I think I'm going to hammer Mahomes because when you think about last year, even when Rodgers was the clear-cut MVP, they were still pounding the Mahomes drum, the media. So you got to think, if he does well and he's up there on the top, they're going to give it to him. And then a little sprinkle with Brady and Stafford just because, you know, Brady, second year in that offense, they're finally familiar. And then Stafford. And Stafford's great. Obviously, going to be in the best offense he's ever been in. And like with the Goff thing and Rodgers, Stafford's in a different tier than Jared Goff. You can compliment Stafford without burying Goff. Like, yes. It doesn't make sense how that's yeah. a spin still. Well, and by the way, the people would say that would be burying Goff with what you just said there yeah. and saying that Stafford and Goff are in a different tier because Goff has been to a Super Bowl like the corner from San Fran said with that entire thing. Yeah. And Stafford, and a lot of people haven't seen Stafford play football, I think. Yeah. And it's just... 
listen, this dude is in a, hey. Yeah. And that's why the futures bets are fun. I'm going to get uh, to Tone Diggs here, the COVID cowboy. Oh, we should get with the heater guy. Nah, this is a futures bet. You live in a moment. D- uh, Tone, <laughs> you stay right here, pal. Be right for you. Tone's future fortune. Uh, yeah, Tone's yeah. future fortunes. I forgot about that. We had an entire run with that. For MVP betting, because the odds are so big, like my immediate thought was, all right, I'm going to sprinkle some here. I'm going to sprinkle yeah. some here. I'm going to sprinkle some here. It's like horse racing almost. Yeah. Is that what you're thinking? He, a- he said he's going all in on Mahomes yeah. just because he said, why are we wasting time on eight different horses if we know we got the one that's using the lotion on the ass that makes it run faster? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like Mahomes one makes sense. He's plus 500. It's, it's great value if you think Mah- Mahomes is definitely always going to be in the conversation. But like for Mahomes to win the MVP, he's going to do like extraordinary extraordinary things because he's already won one they people expect a lot out of Mahomes. stafford though i just literally as we were talking put in one on stafford because it made sense he's plus 1700 like uh for defense i sprinkled on like three or four different guys with long shots i'm a big sprinkle on the futures guy okay so big sprinkle on the futures guy i think it's a smart move tone you've always made money stafford could come out in a big way in front of the whole world because they're going to be on television. Sean yeah. McVay is a star. Aaron Donald's a star. LA's a massive city until the Chargers, which they might, that team, that team is legit over there. Not really talked about much because I think because they're in LA behind the Rams and also they're in the same division as Patrick Mahomes. But that Rams team is going to be on TV. To your point, week one, I believe they play Sunday night against the Bears, and that's when everyone's going to see Matthew Stafford ball. And the Lions have, would never, ever get that. No, no Thanksgiving no, is the no, no, only no. primetime game every single year. And good for him. It's going against a Bears defense he knows pretty well. And he knows, uh, that, hey, hmm. and boys hunt out there. Oh, oh, all right, right. Yeah, yeah, who's going to be a quarterback on the other side? Andy Dalton, will the Bears fans be cheering for him, or will it be like that XFL oh, game wait, where the backup no. quarterback's name was getting chanted in the crowd? <laughs> <laughs> uh, some breaking news here in the NFL. Just one day after a conversation with uh, Coach A.Q. Shipley telling me that Todd Bowles is the smartest defensive person he's ever been around in his life, Todd Bowles agrees to a new three-year contract with the Buccaneers that continues to make him the NFL's highest-paid defensive coordinator per source. He did have one year left on his deal, but this contract replaces that and doesn't preclude him from taking another head coaching job via Adam Schefter uh, via his Twitter account. So I was asked, I was talking to A.Q. Shipley last night. We we're just kind of catching up, you know, Coach A.Q., and uh, I asked him, I was like, that defense, how are we doing, you know? And how do you feel about it? And he was like, oh, there's, they're so good. And he, he went out of his way to say, hey, Todd Bowles has been amazing to watch operate. And, and Todd Bowles obviously had been a head coach before twice, I think, Cardinals and Jets. Jets. Believe, yeah. Just Jets? Oh, yeah. or was I he think, also? No, I think it was both. Cardinals and Jets. He's done that before. Now he's defensive coordinator. He's back in his wheelhouse, and he's winning Super Bowls. He's got a great team. I assume he's going to get plenty of head coaching opportunities going forward. Them locking him down is a good idea, I think, AJ. Oh, it's a great idea. They're only going to lose him, obviously, to a head coaching gig, but they want to reward him, too, because they – let him know how valuable he is to that team. But chances are, yeah, within the next three years, if they continue to play well, he's going to become a head coach again. And That's the most crazy thing about – not the most crazy, but they got all their players back, all the starters back. But their coaching staff, I don't think anyone was pilfered from the staff either, were they? No, and normally that would be the case. You know, whenever Always. You- like, always, like, the best teams. Like, you know, hey, this guy's going to be a coordinator somewhere. This guy's a coordinator – both our coordinators are interviewing for head coaching gigs. It's usually like that. Yeah, position coach is coming out of nowhere. Assistants getting get, – like, normally, whenever you win, people are trying to poach. I mean, that is mm-hmm. just like, hey, let's do – thanks. Bring what you did there to here. 
You know, like in all positions, people only get caught up in the head coaching and then sometimes the coordinators, but also the position groups, the things that happen, they're able to keep that core together. And I think it's because, you know, these guys have been coaching a long time, a lot of these. These guys have been around a long time. And now they have an all-star team. And they're like, it's Tampa, it's warm. We have a fucking all-star team. You can go be a head coach. We've all been there. Hey, literally all of us have had the opportunity to go be a head coach somewhere. If we want to do that, let's do it. If not, like, I think we got a pretty fucking good gig right here. Yeah. Let, let's just go ahead and enjoy this thing. And I, I, I respect and appreciate that. You know, like, sometimes a, a promotion at a different place isn't always as good as staying at the same place and having comfort and success and happiness and everything like that. Sometimes the grass isn't always greener when the greener might be a little bit bigger. You know oh. what I'm saying? When the money's a little bit bigger elsewhere, maybe the grass isn't as always good. That's a good idea for them, BA, by the way, to keep everybody around. Yeah, well, think about it. If you're, let's say you're a position coach for Tampa and you're somewhat young and you get offered like a D coordinator job, I mean, anywhere, like at a, a middle of the road team that you know is, is not going to win a Super Bowl any, in the next three or four years, is that a promotion? Like, do you want to go take that or say, hey, I think I might hang out here until at least Tom decides to hang it up and then I'll go explore my uh, my opportunity. Okay, so I might win another two or three Super Bowls. <laughs> okay, do I want to go call all the plays for a team that I'm definitely going to get fired three years later? <laughs> I don't know. There's, there's a lot of that, though, because the old school traditional thought, I would assume, is if you're a positional coach and you get offered a coordinator gig, you take that. Because after the coordinator is the head coaching gig. But I think now that we've all kind of realized that, hey, like life is to be enjoyed too a little bit here. You don't have to be just a robot there. If you get a chance to work in Tampa Bay around that team and you're getting paid pretty well for it and you like everybody you're working with, like there's a, there's, there's a price tag that can't come with that. You know what I mean? And I think we all kind of have to deal with that on a day-to-day basis whenever we're making rather large business decisions. <laughs> but, I mean, that is – that's a real thing. I'm happy for Tampa, man. They got to – now, AQ didn't say this, and he wouldn't give me much, by the way, fucking Coach Come AQ. On. Yeah, He's yeah, changed, huh? Coach AQ. How yeah, many he, laps has he had to run because, you know, fights or something out there? Yeah, well, that is fascinating to think of B.A. trying to tell <laughs> Yeah. B.A. Hey, runs a tough practice. Okay, B.A., it is not easy. He does the, – the periods are long. The drills are – he does I, – I just don't know how that would work with the coaching staff. Tom Moore being forced to do a lap would be awesome <laughs> yeah. to watch. If you don't know who Tom Moore is, he literally backed up Johnny Unitas, and he is still <laughs> – that's an actual quote, and he is still in the NFL coaching for Tampa Bay. It's just a different vibe there. You know, it's a little bit different environment, yeah. I think, at Tampa, as opposed to some other places that are trying to build the culture where Tampa just brought in one guy, and then everybody just kind of was like, yeah, we should just win. And then they just <laughs> – they did. They yeah. did. That's a, that's a wild time. Uh, also happening in the NFL, uh, Quentin Nelson has had three surgeries this offseason. So, AJ, I want to get your take on this. I let off the show with this. I was a little frustrated, but a man – Coming off of three rehabs is an angry human, I think. A miserable human. Is Quentin Nelson going to be better after he said, fuck that? Uh, there's no time for pity. Truth is, I'm thankful. Thankful for the early part of the timetable. says five weeks. It gives me five weeks to do everything I can to physically and mentally be ready to go week one to smash these goals. Do your job no matter what. DYJ and MW. I mean, that was motivating from Quentin Nelson. Maybe want to run through a wall. But thinking of a man who has to come out of three different rehabs. I mean, that is... That is... Terrible, cruel, and unusual punishment to a guy for an offseason. And he's going to be very, um, 
I mean, thankful when he gets back on the field. Anytime you're taken away from it when you don't plan on it, especially, yeah, when you get back and there's something like a something new, it just feels like, man, I've been waiting so long to get back out here, things that you may have taken for granted earlier. And, yeah, got three surgeries. Do we know not all on his foot, though, right? Uh, see, we didn't even know about the first two until the third one came about. And I don't know how. How did we not know about that? Under the radar, even when you look it up now, you can't really find much on the first two. I mean, that's one of the greatest. He's going to go down as a Hall of Fame guard. He's going to go down as a Hall yeah. of Famer. He's a first-round draft pick here. Mm-hmm. Big star. People love him here, obviously, for good reason. How do we not know he had two surgeries? Yeah, I don't know. That's crazy. Were they just like, I don't want to say minor, but cleanups and like stuff scopes like that? or whatever? Yeah, yeah. You still have to still, rehab those. You still have to still rehab. Still getting put out. Yeah. Still getting put under. Yeah, and you still have to rehab them, and you still have to go through the entire process. You know, in... You tell me if I'm wrong on saying this. Anytime I came out of a rehab, I was in better shape, obviously, because literally you're working out like three times a day with a trainer or physical therapist. I was in better shape coming out of those rehabs than whenever I wasn't. Now, it was a miserable experience. Mentally, I wasn't probably in better shape than I was whenever I didn't have to do it. But because you're working out on your body so hard, it's like basically all you're thinking about all day. Maybe this will be, and I'm trying to think of a, a positive for this. He might be the best Quentin Nelson. We've a robo Quentin Nelson coming out of this entire thing. Yeah, I mean, is there some sort of worry, though, that these types of injuries right. tend to linger in no. uh, the Come 5 on. to 12-week period? Is, no, I mean, with I a guy like Quentin Nelson, it doesn't. Thank you, AJ. Go there ahead. You go. Please preach, AJ. Somebody Hall. else that might. Somebody else that doesn't love it as much as Hammer isn't as big of a savage. At the end of that, that uh, Instagram post, when he said can't, to whatever, whatever, uh, get ready to go week one to smash these goals. All he, he really meant to say to smash these dudes. Yes. Every guy I play is dead. He had to stuff. delete dudes, by the way. I think he had it typed out. He had to go back and he probably texted a friend or a family. How do I say, well, it's goals. You're trying to, of course. Okay. Boom. Right. Thank you. Right. And I, I like that the fuck that is dash because I assume in the same conversation about the goals the dudes also said maybe put a I couple dashes. That work. <laughs> I love it. I don't know anything about this dude. Tried to have a conversation with him one time. It went terribly. <laughs> what happened? How'd it go? It just not just... go well. It did not go well at all. I've never. I've never. You, is there any way to? Rec- I just. I would love to know the interaction. I, I see you interact with a lot of people, and you seems to go very well usually. Yeah, usually I win people over after the first like minute and a half, maybe two minutes, three minutes straight that they're forced to talk to me. Not him though. He was. He was not having it. He was not exactly. I mean, it was. I complimented him early, and I think at that point he was. I, I don't know. A lot of people were complimenting him, I think, and he was sick of getting it because offensive line is a big, like, we thing. You know what I mean? So I think he hated the – because I think Conti maybe forced him to do the interview too. So, I mean, it was uh, – I don't know. I, I don't know what it was. Maybe he just hates me, which it could happen. I don't care. I don't want to be on the wrong side of him ever. I always just stay out of rooms, I guess. But he is <laughs> he is an animal. He is so good at what he does. And uh, so, go ahead. Right, He and Boog's on, like, the same kind of wavelength when you interact with him? Me and Boogs have good interactions. What are you talking about? I, know you're I, I, re- I respect the fact that Quentin Nelson didn't – he knew, like, he could probably fake it and, like, oh, yeah, hey, man, big fan, yeah, I love what you do. But he's like, no, like, why would I do that? And Boogs the same way. Like, I feel like you bring more attention to that dude than anyone ever has, and he's amazing, by the way. Yeah. But I think – he may. He almost feels embarrassed by all the attention. Oh, Did you hear the crowd in Minnesota carry? No, I didn't go. Boogs needs and deserves and wants 
more spotlight. So I'm all about that. Now with Quentin, I think there was a chance that maybe he didn't enjoy that. He I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, but he, he yes, this guy's good at football. He, <laughs> he wasn't so angry at you that he picked you up though. That's when you know no. he actually doesn't I, like you. I've heard different. some hysterical stories about his strength though, just being on display in places. Have you ever had anybody pick you up? I guess no, not me. But I heard a story one time, and I don't know where it happened at. But I guess there has been eyes on Quentin Nelson grabbing somebody by both arms and then just lifting them off the ground in it's the awesome. gym. It's awesome. How awesome is that? He is literally wrecking Ralph. Like he is actually. <laughs> yeah. He is. He is just a guy who could just move, and he does. And when he was drafted, and I said this yesterday, everybody was like, "What a reach for a guard! What a reach for a guard!" And Chris Ballard was like, "Nah, hey, you're gonna love this guy." <laughs> I'm telling you, you guys are judging me. And he picked up right where he left mm-hmm. off at Notre Dame, right into the NFL. Literally, like first snap, it was like, "Oh, oh, there's a grown ass yeah, fucking man." Generational like, talent. Okay. Let's hope he comes back healthy and better than ever. Art Rooney the second, I believe. Yes. Uh, said that Big Ben. Uh, he has not written it in stone that this is his last year. Ben Roethlisberger, who approached the Pittsburgh Steelers, by the way, for less money, he mm-hmm. said. Yeah. He had a new diet. He's different. All right. Big Ben's coming back. New offense coordinator, new team. Same Ben. Here we go. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to slice and dice and play. Steelers team president, Art Rooney II, via Brooke Pryor of ESPN. He's saying, hey, maybe this isn't his last year. Maybe Big Ben's got three to four more years in him. I guess we all kind of have to wait and see how this year turns out. Hopefully it ends much differently than last year, A.J. Hawk. Well, yeah, maybe he uh... – he saw Phil Rivers talk about a possible return. He's like, hey, I don't want to call this quits too early. I want to, I want to stick around until I really can't do it anymore. This quote came before the L.A. Times farmer. I bet right. he and oh, Phil wow. are in constant communication probably. Have to be. Okay, you trying to bring up Phil Rivers potentially being an Indianapolis Colt again? All right, is that what you, I mean, it was shame on you for trying to keep him away. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Fool me are once. you serious? You're going to tell Phil that to his face? He's six foot ten. What am I He's saying? What did I say? What did I say? You just, you're upset that I brought it up, that Phil's talking about it, and then you put this Peyton gif out. No, well, this <laughs> yeah. is a picture of the gif. Yeah. It is not this entire time. It was more of my utter confusion. Like, what are we doing, okay? Phil, I thought you had to go coach high school. You went to the playoffs last year. If you're not shutting the door, why aren't we playing for the Colts again and putting off high school football one more year? Or are you only saying this because you're slinging a pigskin around with your high school okay. guys? And you're like, oh, I still got him hitting buckets in this thing. And you're, you see Carson go down, you're like, I'll come back. Whatever the case is, it's like, hey, Come on, Phil. Like you're, we're, we're learning now that you know you're potentially that motherfucker that Tom Brady yeah. was speaking uh, about. Yeah. Whenever Tom Brady was allegedly potentially almost interested in the Colts, and I got behind Phil, loved Phil, came on the show, did well, had success. But if we're not closing the door, why aren't we playing? Why aren't we up there? Why aren't we at training camp right now? Then Phil, after one more solid year, you know I mean, what? Why do we even get Carson? Maybe he's thinking, hey, if the Rams end up stinking this year, I'll go down there. Meet up with Sean Payton and and get them to the playoffs. The I don't know Saints? if he's yeah. I don't know if he's necessarily talking about the Colts, is he? I mean, we heard from Frank yesterday. It doesn't sound like Carson's going to have an extended absence. Well, that's what everybody on the internet uh, fucking hey TV saying this morning. Uh, should the Colts trade for Nick Foles? Ooh. All right, okay. Should should the Colts welcome back Philip Rivers? Is another conversation. It's like yo, Frank Wright told us yesterday without saying it that Carson's back before week two. 
what are we even talking about? Now, Jacob Eason did have a bad day at practice. I heard yes, oh, he no. Did. He just kind of dropped in the fire a little bit. A foot from high school came back and, uh, you know, bit the starter in the ass. He was getting mm -hmm. paid a hundred fucking million dollars. But I guess he had a bad day yesterday. He had a good day yesterday. He bounced back. It's his show now. But at Phillip Rivers, I hope all was well. I hope everything goes good. But if we're going to play again, why aren't we in training camp right now? Why is Carson Wentz even a Colt right now? Well, that quote, though, that quote that he gave, he said he, he's not ruining out a, a late season comeback, meaning I can he can coach his high school team all year throughout the state finals. State finals are usually like first weekend of December, and then he can jump to an NFL team and go maybe try to win a ring. I'll tell you what, if that happened, I'd be so happy for him because I thought about that a few times. I'm like, all right, once I get older, I can still kick a bar once in a while. Maybe I just say, hey, I'm available like mm -hmm. week 11 or 12 yeah. on. Yeah. Get to pick where I want to go. Somebody gets, hey, hey, give me a league, man. I don't care. I'm just trying to get a ring here. Just mm -hmm. trying to get a ring. I'm going to go on a, a little 10-week run here. If Phil Rivers is able to accomplish that at the quarterback position, I was looking to do it at the punter position. If he's able to accomplish that at the quarterback position, I will be nothing short of impressed and put his ass in the Hall of Fame immediately mm -hmm. upon that happening. If Carson were to come back, and hopefully not, but he, he, can't, he struggles or he gets hurt again, would you rather the Colts make a move for Jimmy G or would you rather them go get Phillip Rivers? Okay, so Jimmy G is 20-some million. It'd be 50-some million dollars in the quarterback room. <laughs> Just like last year. Just like last year, I mean. <laughs> We just need a quarterback to get in there and do good. <laughs> Tell you what, you brought up Ben. <clears throat> and this may be not the last season that he's going to have. Tell you what, Ben might, might not have that, be able to make that decision because the way that Dewey Haskins has been performing in camp, he may push him right out the door. I heard Dwayne wow. Haskins say this morning yeah. to the press, uh, they said, is there an open competition for number two? And uh, Dwayne Haskins said, I'm trying to make it one. And uh, media reports are saying Dewey Haskins – He's all the way back. Ball. Oh, yeah. They're saying, oh. they're saying Ohio State, do we ask yeah. Now, Mason Rudolph, who is, you know, I don't know him as a person. Okay? I don't know him as a person. I know he pissed off one person one time more than I've ever seen to somebody get pissed off mm -hmm. in the history of getting pissed off about stuff. Now, I guess there are people who have gotten more pissed off who have done, like, murder and stuff, but I'm mm -hmm. talking about in football. So yeah. Some, I, don't, I don't know Mason Almost Rudolph. murder. Yeah, close. I mean, he was thinking of it. Tried to murder. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And he ate that thing. Oh. So he has a good skull, I guess. He did eat a helmet. Good thing. guy, though, because he reads poetry. Yeah, and all that stuff. I mean, he rides bikes, too. I saw him. He was dating a bachelor uh, something. Talking yeah. basketball, a too. Okay, he's a great athlete. Mm -hmm. Guy was a great quarterback, okay? But every time he's got – what's that? What would you say that for? But they both, Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph, as one, can both dunk a basketball. Oh, okay. All right. So, anyways, but Mason Rudolph, every time he's gone into an NFL game, he seems to have stunk at football. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And maybe it's just a learning curve. Maybe the offense wasn't that good to begin with. And maybe Ben was covering up a lot of things and Mason got thrown in there. Mason's starting Thursday night Hall of Fame game for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are favored to win, I believe, against the mm -hmm. Dallas Cowboys. Mason Rudolph needs to know that when he takes that high school field in Ohio, mm -hmm. there's a guy who wants to school at Ohio State who's uh, waiting to get on that high school field and going to light it up. The only bet I got for this is the over no. for 32 and a half. No. No. The Cowboys are getting one and a half points. Um, the Steelers minus one and a half points, obviously. Moneyline minus 130 for the Steelers, plus 110 for the Dallas Cowboys. Mike McCarthy playing against his hometown team. Okay, with the oh. Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott would not be playing for the Dallas Cowboys. Does that mean Zeke Wallace not be playing and others? TBD. The only thing I like is the over 32 and a half. Mostly because of how loud Connor has been for the under. Oh, yeah. But also, once you start putting some points together, 
Boswell is going to hit at least sure. two field goals. He's going to hit at yep. least one, two field goals. Dewey Haskins is going to throw at yep. least one touchdown. Yep. Let's assume Najee Harris runs for one. Mm-hmm. There, basically, you already got it covered on the Steelers' side. And then as soon as you start talking about the Cowboys, there'll be some touchdown that'll happen out of nowhere. Is CD playing? Yeah, uh, he'll Mitt score. said CD's playing. Uh, over 32 and a half feels like the bet. It's at I mean, minus CD one. will play one series. Thank you. Score a touchdown. Tell him, Hawk. Tell him. I still want to. I still would want to take the over on that, and but I mean, yeah, there's a good chance the game could end up like 17 to 10 or something. Like, it's either going to be 48 to 42 or something like something. Take the over, Paul. That's a great bet. Okay, so the comfy pillow (laughs) in the back. That is not the hottest gambler on earth, although it sounded and looked like him. Um, There will be some fluke touchdowns too that'll happen at the end. I just feel like. If we're starting the season Hall of Fame game betting unders, what type of fucking tone are we setting for the season? Hey, you're trying to win bets. It doesn't matter if it's a bet that you don't want to hit. Look, and you're talking about flu touchdowns. I'm not trying to win bets. I'm trying to fucking enjoy the game and put my will, <laughs> my willpower yeah. into the game. Hey, no hey. matter what, by halfway through the first quarter, this game's going to stink. I mean, let's not act like the preseason. No, I agree. They're, they're going against you, but you're right. This game is going to be awful. But if Dewey Haskins is playing, once he gets subbed in and that crowd, they're going to be, oh, hey. Uh, oh. Listen, you guys. Oh, H I O. Oh, What's up? Oh, sack of shit. Hey, come on. You guys take this game? Huh? You guys talk shit on this game tomorrow night? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Before you know it, Lamb is going to come in and take them all away. If you guys treat this game like it's not, a, if it's just another game, you just bring up Lamb. Don't put that. First, out. first no. playoff take game, all the preseason sorry, first preseason game in two years. No, I agree, and uh, I'm Dewey. pumped to see the kickoff, and I'm pumped to see the first couple plays and the pageantry. And, <laughs> yeah, but I'll tell you what, it is normally right there about the second quarter, maybe a minute and two or into the second quarter. Where I go, oh yeah, this fucking stinks. This football. You going to watch the game or shot put? So I have a question about that. Thank you for bringing this up, Diggs, and wait, good pivot there, yeah. Diggs. Why does shot put fucking matter? I mean, I, I listen, I hope we win. Yeah. And we got we a need guy. to win. Okay? We got a guy. There's a guy from Purdue, I guess, that's in that thing. But they were hyping it up. And the more and more highlights they showed, the less and less I could be like, this matters. You know? And I guess the good part of it is we're obviously carrying on tradition. You know, like sports are doing our history uh, a favor and service and justice for what it used to be and what it has become and everything like that. But it is hard for me to take that one serious. I just don't know how this, you know, they're yoked, by the way, the people that do it. But there has to be somewhere else they can use that strength, isn't there? And now that we're learning they're making no money doing this mm-hmm. thing and they're throwing it, whatever it is. I just, I'm not 100% sure about the shot put. Javelin, okay. Now we're, we're well, throwing things. Yeah. yeah. Baseball. Home runs, basically. What about discus? Discus, cool, awesome. The shot put thing, though. I watched this thing, and it's like, all right, come on. What? I guess it's a an incredible display of explosion, and I appreciate that. It's not great for TV. I would agree because they they use so much power, but the thing is so heavy. It just on TV, it doesn't translate. And it looks like it's this big, and it's like, okay. There has to be somebody on earth that can throw the thing further than this. <laughs> Our guy, Ryan Krauser, he is minus 950 to win gold. His He has the world record at 77 feet, pretty much. Okay. How far they're throwing. Can you tell me how many meters that is, though? Can somebody do the math on that? Five by three. It's about 26 meters ish. Meter? Yeah. 
Maybe it's close to a yard. 3.3, I believe, yeah, actually. Yeah, it's 3.3. Mm-hmm. So then that's a whole third. I mean, that's a lot. That's a big pretty big change on 77, isn't it? I mean, we got well, – there's a lot of carryover for that 20, 20, yeah. 25 and a half. 24. So how many yards – how many meters is it? Because I saw like a 14 meter. 24.7. 23.3. Oh! 23.3 mirrors is a hell of a hawk. Listen, yeah, I'm impressed by it. I'm happy we got the guy. I'm betting on him. Minus 950. I put buck on that. I'm, not, I'm paying for him. <laughs> yeah. All right, afterwards. I love that. But watching it, that's been the one where I, it's been speed walking you. I'm like, okay, I mean, there's a place for it. The, the fucking <laughs> shot put, I, I don't fully... I don't think I fully get it. The track and field just simply has not really delivered. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, I, I disagree. No, no, I know what you're going to say about, you know, what we saw last night. Sydney McLaughlin, yeah. 21 years old. How you doing? Keep it moving. World record. Muhammad, also world record. Nobody remember that. Silver last night, both out of New Jersey, plus the top of thing. Mo out of New Jersey. New Jersey might be the fastest piece of real estate yeah. on fucking earth and nobody wants to talk about it that is what track and field is all about and we also got a guy danny allen i think is his name maybe danny allen something allen he did a full robot after oh, winning yeah, uh, yeah. i mean that. he did a full he, 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 whole thing i'm like okay we got a fucking guy it seems like here right. what are you talking about and javelin i mean people are I throwing mean, lawn darts 700 feet or something like that's, that. I mean, that's better test two particular finals in the last, you know, six days or so. I tell you what, once gymnastics kind of and swimming was over, my World Games fever, <laughs> it broke big time. Unfortunately, <laughs> we didn't. No! Yeah, I'm done with it. No! I'm done with this it. Was a, this was a play that had two acts. Listen, in the middle, there was no, a little bit left? of a break. Tell me what's left then. We what, can still win gold in baseball. Shot put Ryan Newman tonight. <laughs> the throwing throwing event. Event. I think pretty sure the throwing events are still left. <laughs> yeah. Got the finals for I will watch up, Ryan Newman tonight. Is that yeah. <laughs> no. See you in number 12. In track. What's we, his name? Ryan what? Newman? Krauser. Paul Newman. <laughs> Oh, that guy. The shot put, yes, please. Ryan Krauser. Krauser. <laughs> Ryan Krauser's tonight. You hear me, AJ? This guy is the most hey. explosive human on earth. He can move a rock that looks to be about a pound and a half to two pounds on television that actually weighs 200 pounds, 25, 23.7 feet. I mean, let's have a little bit of respect. It's tough to watch. It is, it is very tough to watch, but there's a lot to still keep out there. And, you know, hey, you know what they could do? To, you know that we need to contrast that. We need to bring in some other normal human that doesn't throw the shot put and say, "Hey, look, this is how far this person throws it." Now look how much better our Olympian is. Every sport they should do that. Yes. Every have, sp- the, have the commentators like have the the commentators get down there and oh, film Tariko. them throwing next to him. I think every sport, maybe Tariko. Every we need him for his <laughs> interviews. Though that one with Simone Biles was awesome last night. By yeah. the way. Hey Simone, let's go, huh? Hey, great to see you. Congrats on the bronze. She left the door open for 2024. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, let's go ahead and do that. A lot of people feel probably like the biggest pieces of shits of all time after hearing everything she has said yeah. since there, and they were burying her that. But I think there should be a casual in every... Imagine when I turn on that Taekwondo on uh, USA Network and 18-year-old <laughs> Anastasia Zolotich was doing her thing, and I had no idea what was happening. During a commercial break, they go picture in picture, and they go, by the way, this is what normal human looks like in Taekwondo. And it is Anastasia Zolotich literally lifting up her leg that might be 
seven feet long <laughs> and just hitting a guy's head off. I mean, like, this is what it normally looks like. So what you're watching here is high level. Sprinting, same thing. Have, like, Connor out there sure. running. In the pool. Yeah, and oh. we got enough We got enough of the, uh, oh, in the pool. Put them under the water. Because yeah. they can create those animations of what a normal mm-hmm. human would look yes, like. Fine. Have Connor's shadow running and swimming. Yeah, we need that. We'll do that for the next Olympics. We'll, we'll send in our uh, comments uh, in, a, in our opinions. I, I think mm-hmm. they'll take them serious. I think they yeah. will. Let's NBC. See. There's definitely a lot of NBC execs taking notes right now. Oh, yeah. Like, Apparently they're getting crushed, so they should be. NBC is for their coverage? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, aren't they just saying viewership is down? Or are they saying NBC is doing a bad job? Both. It's a bad job. Yeah. Yesterday they have like their guys chiming in over the people who are commentating. And it, it really Lots is that a shit People show. don't know where and when to watch. That's yeah, the big thing. And handball is impossible to find, and that's one of the most electrifying yes. sports. The picking and choosing of what the primetime events are on all the channels is very fascinating. Yeah. And Peacock, it's not easy to find a full shit either. No. So it's... Yeah, they're going to have to go back to the drawing board. We have some ideas. Hopefully they'll listen. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know the little things we do all add up to the legacy that we leave behind. Bowen Branch was started by a husband and wife team that wanted to create a textile company that cared about the details that would make their products last. You'll feel the difference in their best-selling, beautifully crafted signature sheets. Ty and I just got our new Bowen Branch sheets, and you can feel the difference in their softness and weight. They have a classic, luxurious look that we are loving and enjoy sleeping in. When the bowl and branch sheets got into our life, our life was better, and it will do the same for you. Bowl and branch is dedicated to quality at every step. Sheets designed and manufactured for maximum comfort and durability. There is no cutting corners with bowl and branch. There are no middlemen between you and bowl and branch, so you get luxury quality for the fairest price. They stand behind their products and honor a 30-night worry-free guarantee if you are unsatisfied. You will, you will not be unsatisfied, by the way. It's a game changer with the middlemen not being involved. The price for this quality is something that makes no sense, but we got to take advantage of it. To experience an entirely new standard of comfort, please visit bowlandbranch.com and you'll get 15% off your first set of sheets with promo code PAT. That's B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H.com, promo code PAT, and get 15% off your first set of sheets. Change the way you sleep. Be more comfortable at Bowen Branch. BowenBranch.com, promo code PAT. Back to the show. Uh, Dr. Florio is reporting on Pro Football Talk that the Panthers have said that they are now keeping an eye on the Deshaun Watson situation down in Houston. Uh, So the Panthers are obviously a team that was allegedly interested in getting Deshaun Watson back to Carolina, where he's obviously had massive amounts of success and a lot of fans. Uh, But with the situation going off the field, on off the field, that is so serious with so many legal ramifications. So, so many legal ramifications. I have no idea how this whole thing is even happening still. It seems like there's a hold-in happening with him in Houston because he doesn't want to play there. He's four-string. He has to be there. There's a lot of situations like that. Panthers are one of the teams. I didn't know there was teams legitimately still interested in the entire thing. Ian Rappaport's been saying this entire time teams are still interested, AJ. Wait, so an actual, like, 
Somebody from the Panthers publicly said we're we're still keeping an eye on it. Uh, tweet just got sent out. Not Pro Football if, Talk reported that. Yeah, they're reporting okay. it. So I that, would imagine though, Carolina, even if Carolina is keeping an eye on it, if they are somewhat interested, if everything gets worked out, why would you want that out there? That's not going to help Sam Darnold. Yeah, and Sam Darnold got his fifth year option picked up, and he's going into his first season down there, and it's been heralded as a celebration of him getting out from beneath the Adam Gase umbrella, which Ryan Tannehill found massive success in doing so in Tennessee. People are thinking the same for Sam Darnold. His price tag is not as big, though, as everybody. Even picking up the fifth-year option, it's not as huge as some starting quarterbacks could warrant or be at this exact point because Sam Darnold is still on his first contract, and we don't know yet, by the way. We have no idea. I think that's why a lot of us were excited to see him down in Carolina, but the thought of it getting out that they're still thinking about Deshaun Watts, if you're Sam Darnold, has to be a little disheartening, but I think he knew whenever he went there he got traded to go there one year after they paid Teddy Bridgewater to be their quarterback they've been very open in public that hey we are absolutely not going to settle until we find what we want and we're going to move quick we got a lot of money we got the richest owner in the NFL we are going to build an entirely new culture here they're going to have to figure out how this whole thing pans out in Houston but they're very interesting a QB for QB trade maybe Sam Donald goes down to Houston with coach Dave and uh, Jack oh, Easterby in a place I mean, do they? Is that something that we think is a possibility for this season? Like Deshaun Watson suiting up? There's no way, right? We talk about this on air, off air. We don't get to see you in person really ever. But you know, I assume that you're having the same thoughts as us. How how does he play? How like? I understand he's very good at football. Deshaun Watson's very very good at football, but. There has not been a lot of noise off the field at all, and it seems like a lot of noise was there, and then it just kind of went away. But that's still there, like it's still. Maybe that's good. I mean, maybe that's what it seems like. Things I don't know behind the scenes are progressing at some point, right? Maybe it's good that you, for Deshaun, that we're not hearing much because they're working behind the scenes to get everything ironed out. I just don't know. There seems like there's too many allegations. There's too many people involved, and we continue to have the same exact stance. Anytime something new comes out, I am dumbfounded about how there is still like he is still being expected to show up at work and go to practice, yeah. and they still want him in the build. Like he still has to be in the building, but he doesn't want he wants traded. Plus, there is real life shit that is super super serious happening at the same time. I mean, it's just that is a very confusing situation. Well, in the NFL running their investigation too, and then that Lisa uh, Friel. Friel leaving, like that's not good. But even if there's 20 plus cases and one of them it comes out and he's guilty, it's like even then, how can he even play? Yeah, you're still, that is still you know? very fucking yeah. real. Like very serious, very terrible, not something you want in the NFL or associated the NFL with your franchise definitely yeah. as well. I, I don't know. It's very fascinating. I guess we'll just have, kind of have to see it go. Another big news story is uh, offensive lineman, 30 years old, from the New York Giants, retires one day after the entire team was asked to run sprints and do push-ups. This is the least surprising thing I have heard in a long, long time. I think he potentially heard what we were saying yesterday and said, yeah, these motherfuckers are right. I, and Maybe he's not a vocal person. Uh, maybe he's not somebody that's going to speak in the middle of it like we should not be doing this. But I love the fact that it seems like Joe Looney, okay, who <laughs> signed with the team on Saturday after that practice, went into that locker room and said, 
I ain't about to do that fucking shit ever again. I am an adult. I am 30 years old. Uh, they're saying that he said that his body just can't do it anymore at the age of 30 and what he wanted to do. I wonder if there's a push-ups and 100-yard sprints at that age because he never would have expected to do it in full pads or if that's actually how he's feeling in the game. And it just, just so happens to be conveniently timed immediately after what happened yesterday. I mean, yeah, just a couple days after signing with the team. So if he was on the fence thinking about, oh, should I stick it out and try to figure out this this whole camp? You know, that's how I feel. Every camp, I'm sure he may have been thinking that. And then all of a sudden those push-ups and those laps around the field started that he probably hasn't done since he was in maybe fourth grade, fifth grade when he got punished. And that is what uh, may have pushed him over the edge into retirement. Imagine him just walking in. You know, to the to the practice, got his helmet in his hand, you know. He's like, what's going on, boys? You know, good to see everybody. How are we doing? We getting after it today? Oh, man, pumped to put this thing back on. It's been some time. And then all of a sudden, as practice is going, he's like, oh, I'm a little tired, eh? Wow. And then all of a sudden, everybody on the fucking line. What is going on here? We're running hundreds. Hundreds right now? What happened? Imagine him just getting completely blindsided by the entire operation, just being like, no, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. No, no, I'm out of here. I'm retiring tomorrow. Hey, I'm and you know what also put him over the edge? He's probably looking around everybody. He's like, hey, man, what, is this nor- Like, is this what we're, this what we do? Like, I've had a, I've had, I've been in situations like that at times where guys come from somewhere. It's like, are, you, is, are we seriously banging like this today on Wednesday during the, during the season? Hey, yeah, man, this is kind of what happens here. And Joe's like, I just got here Saturday. There's no way I can be the one that speaks, right? Am I, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't. Looking around like, am I, who's saying, are we, am I saying, who's saying something right now? I just got here. I can't. What the fuck's going on, coach? Hey, fucking run, Joe. You just fucking got here. Oh, all right. Okay. Here we go. Right. Hey, I'm not going to be here for a <laughs> What a scene over there. I said this this morning on Greeny. Ooh. Yeah, it streams on uh, ESPN Plus and nice. also ESPN Radio. Here nice. we go. I was asked to be yeah. on this morning, 10.15 Eastern Daylight Time. It was nice to chat with my old friend, Mike Greenberg. Video? Yeah. Were you on our video? No, I was just literally, hey, I took a trip back in time today. It was just a call in, just nice. a simple call, what? just only only voice. It was, uh, they said they were having issues with their FaceTime or whatever. It, it felt pretty cool to be back in the day there. Yeah. Um, but literally what I was talking about, oh man, I just got trapped there. <laughs> What were we leading Joe to? Joe Looney. Joe Looney. The Giants, yeah. The fight. Yeah. The fight. I thought with all that shit happening, how everybody's thinking that they're being torn apart, I think they're more together than ever. And Joe Looney was obviously didn't feel like he should have spoke up. And maybe, I don't know, I'm putting words in his mouth. Maybe he just didn't think he had it anymore, like he said, one day after all that shit happens. But nobody's saying no and not doing it. And nobody not gathering around Judge and they're not being a big scene. I think that bodes well for the Giants, actually, after the fight. Now, I don't know why Danny Dimes is in the middle of a goddamn fight. Now, <laughs> yes. But I, I think that bodes well for them. Don't you kind of feel the same yeah. way? I think it absolutely bodes well for them. And anyone that was on the team before Joe Judge got there, I'm sure they knew coming in, like, all right, we know that this guy coming from the Patriots, like, this is going to be no joke. He's going to – we're going to practice hard. But I'm sure everything I hear about Joe Judge, like, if you are if you do your job, if you work hard, if you do the right things, you're fine. Like, he's going to take care of you. Like, that's how a lot of coaches are 
that may be really, really demanding. If you do the right thing, man, he's going to be okay. People are saying this was the hit that started the entire altercation. It is. Uh, you know, he did get decleated and everything like that. Let's assume that there had been other hits or hits that were late, and maybe that was just supposed to be a thud drill, which you're supposed to square somebody up, and there was a, a lead to things. There's just so many things that could have led to that particular play built up behind it that caused an absolute melee, obviously. But, yeah, I think... I mean, I'm not 34-year-old me on that team. I don't think is good, and that's what Joe said. Like, hey, maybe if I was 22 down here, uh, <laughs> maybe I'd do this whole thing. But they have to build a culture over there, legit. And there's different ways to succeed. Some are much more fun. Some are more player-friendly. Some are much different. If they have success over there, I think that's all that really matters because, like Rich Rod said, you know when I have fun? Well, we're kicking somebody's fucking ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that is uh, – It's it, true. It's true. In the NFL and in football, when you win – it cures everything, and that is really what it's all about. If they can win, all this shit doesn't matter at all. Now, if they lose, it's going to be tough to keep getting people to, you know, buy in and you know, hit. It's going to be it's going to be tough to get guys to continue to do that if you're losing. If you're winning, though, it's great, and that's kind of been the Belichick coaching peer uh, tree issue, right? A lot of guys kind of go and do that hard-nosed thing. They don't win. It's hard to keep the team whenever you, hey, we'll buy in if we think there's a chance of winning. You've proven to win. But then as soon as that doesn't come to fruition, it's like, hey, fuck off. How about that? I ain't. We tried this once. It didn't work. I'm not doing it again. All right? It's a nightmare. You can have that potential feel. And that's been the Belichick coaching tree, I think. Well, that would be the hard thing about becoming a, a head coach and wanting to instill your culture and everything. Like You don't have that. You better win early because you don't have a whole lot of time before you do lose the team, especially depending on how many vets are on that team. Yeah, if you come out of the gates and you're one and seven, like good luck getting those guys in November to run laps at, like during practice and after practice. And if you're an asshole, right? And I'm not saying Joe Judge is an asshole to his players. I have no idea what it's like behind closed doors. There's there's coaches that can coach hard on the field and also have relationships with the players off the field. I don't know Joe Judge well enough, but if you're like an asshole coach and that's like kind of your thing, like, hey, I do not want to have a relationship with it, and you also lose, you can see how the natural human reaction is like, oh, this guy's a fucking asshole and he stinks. All right. <laughs> Like, you can see how that is a natural reaction by anybody, not just professional athletes, because I think a lot of people go, oh, of course, NFL players don't want to listen to their coach or whatever. It's like pretty natural reaction potentially to be like, oh, this guy is an asshole, and he's not good at what he does, and my life is much worse because of it. You can see how there's a natural, can we get somebody different in here? Yeah. Is there any way we can do that? Fans feel it. They see it. The Detroit Lions with Matt Patricia is literally the blueprint of this to a t and that's why like b flow is so much different because i feel like flora is kind of a prick but also loves his players and you know is willing to run to the other sideline to fight the Bengals if he has to and like, the ref he almost fought a ref which <laughs> yeah. i enjoyed but he did cut everybody and they have True. changed things up i guess mm, i don't Cal know what I, I, to your point I don't, I don't know what's going on but at least in his first season he's had more success hey, very fascinating that b flow comes from new england mm-hmm Hires a guy, pays him a bunch of money, cuts him, still pays him, and now he's playing for New England again. Yeah, hey, go it back home. It is kind of weird how that works. What's that all about, Gump? He wouldn't be. B-Flow, we like B-Flow, right? He's bringing uh... I trust B-Flow. I love B-Flow. It's been a revolutionary offense. I coming. would, too. Hey. Hey. I'm starting. I, I don't say this often. 
Uh-oh. I'm starting to believe in oh, the no. fins. Oh. You said it last year, like, like I think seven, eight. Was it was bomb? <laughs> I saw a clip What's of Tua threw a bomb in, in practice. Did you see that? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He's slinging it all around. Hey, that hip's fixed. You know, he's all the way back. He's much more comfortable. He's in better shape than ever. He's slinging the rock. And allegedly, uh, the new offense, which, remember, the previous offense coordinator had to retire because mm-hmm. Gumpy said something yeah. publicly. Yeah, that's right. Terribly Got him out of town. Him. Yeah, so he made him retire. New offense coordinator. I guess there's plays schematics that are making players be open as opposed to just players getting open. Mm. So now the offense is helping out to uh, their reporting. And also, media is not allowed to film anything, which I love, by the way. I like that a lot. The fact that we couldn't get the Giants fight, I love it. It stinks as sports media and as fans, but for the team, I love it because what are these plays that they have been putting in where guys are wide open? Because this is the NFL, and guys train as well. Could be revolutionary down there in Miami with Tua. It's always nice to get rid of a playbook from 1972. Whoa. Chan Gailey dedicated his entire life to this fucking sport. He was great. His time was up. His time was up. Well, like we did to COVID, Gumpy danced on Chan Gailey's oh, coaching every grief. week. Yeah. Big time. I like that you came to his defense, though. You came to Chan Gailey's defense right away. His family thanks you as well. Well, that's because Chan Gailey's family had to have heard Gumpy say the things that he was saying about oh, yeah. Chan Gailey. Big time. And I'm like, yo, this guy has committed his entire being to the sport. Like, let's show a little appreciation. He was a great coach at one point, <laughs> many, many moons ago. To Gumpy's point, too, maybe Gailey's kids were like, yeah, fucking finally someone's saying our dad stinks. Maybe he'll make it home for a birthday or something. Oh, jeez. Oh, you know? I never oh, said hey, that. That's the NFL, I never said that's that. the NFL coaching life. It's, it's the Come realistic on, you know, expectations with it. Hey, that's business, baby. Let's talk about the <laughs> this is your team now, guy. Yes. Yeah. We all saw... The beautiful image, but it was a video, but I don't know how to pretend. Picture? Scene? Scene. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Though we all saw the beautiful scene at the end of the New Orleans Saints, magical Drew Brees era run. When it came to an end on the sideline, tears in Drew Brees' eyes, fighting back a full breakdown because he knew that it was no longer his time to be the king of New Orleans. The baby cakes for Mardi Gras were no longer gonna be in honor of Drew Brees in the Super Bowl that he brought to that beautiful city down there. No, no, the mayor is gonna dance on Drew Brees' grave on the way out of New Orleans. Drew knew it was no longer Drew Orleans, it was gonna be changed. And in that scene, in just five to six seconds maybe, we saw Drew Brees doing a one for me Two, for your team now, to Jameis Winston. Pointing at him, shoving shoving him, letting him know that I, my time's over. It is now your time. Then Sean Payton came out and said, I got four years, $140 million for Taysom Hill, who's my fucking Steve Young, okay? So although <laughs> Drew Brees is anointing Jameis Winston as the next guy, I also have somebody in mind as well. Jameis Winston signs a contract to potentially be the face of the New Orleans Saints going forward. Remember, whenever he left the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after leading the NFL in interceptions and yards and touchdowns, he was saying that he was going to the Harvard of quarterbacking whenever he went to the New Orleans Saints. Then he just said a couple days ago that he got more reps in the first three days of training camp than he had all last year because he wasn't able to do anything. Asked about what Drew Brees taught him, Jameis Winston comes out with another fucking heater. Jameis Winston said, I learned from Drew Brees, you don't have to be Batman all the time. 
think it'd be Bruce Wayne. Wow. Wow. Holy shit. That tweet comes from Jeremy Fowler, ESPN. With this type of thought and this type of knowledge now, knowing that you can take the costume off, you can take the hockey pads off, you can get off the bike, you can stop doing the stuff with Catwoman, and you can be that billionaire guy in the penthouse with five wives. Bruce Wayne living your best life. You can be a human too, is what Drew Brees told Jameis Winston. Do you think this will propel Jameis Winston to MVP AJ Hawk? I mean, that was the last five minutes, yeah. That was a beautiful little monologue. You just got confused how it even started or where you were going with it. <laughs> I felt real good about it, by the way. I don't even understand. So you did you you did actually explain the tweet. I was gonna ask you to explain exactly what you think that meant. So well, you think that's what Drew meant? Like, hey, what does he mean? You can be a good guy and a great player at the same time? What are you talking about? I think he's saying you don't always have to be. I think Superman, potentially, yeah. is maybe the reference we we're going for here. You can also be uh, Dean Cain. Take the cape off. Of course. Clark Kent. <laughs> oh. yep, same Dean thing. Cain. <laughs> Dean Cain. Hallmark movies. Dean was a great actor. Yeah. Same exact Still thing. is. Some Still people is. think of him as Superman. Still is. He was, Still uh, is. He was the Riley's... Uh, Guinness, Ripley's. Uh, oh, believe, yeah. it Ripley's, believe, believe it or not, believe it or not, guy. Yeah, he was yeah, really good at it. Believe it or not, guy. He yeah. would always walk in. We got. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I think he was potentially talking about Superman and Dean Cain in the phone booth. Maybe he can be a human as well as being the Superman. You sure. But I think it's the same thing. You know what I mean? You don't always have to be superhero at all times in every situation. Oh, I thought it was uh, more along the lines of like because like Bruce Wayne was a huge asshole in public and stuff like that so I thought maybe he was saying like hey Jameis you don't have to be like you know Me. very affable and like lovable and funny like you are like you can be an asshole in public you think like Drew, I am if you want. <laughs> you think Drew Brees was teaching that to Jameis Winston? You think that's what that quote meant right there? Well, that's oh, yeah. that's the way so, I read it because absolutely. Bruce Wayne in public if you watch the movies you know he's, he's kind of a prick. He's an asshole. Oh you weren't saying that about uh, Drew's way. Well, I'm saying, you know, it kind of... At the start of every practice, do they still start it with, this one's for Drew? No, okay. All right. Listen, you were going to chime in, I thought, there in a minute? No, you're not. I mean, I wasn't going to chime in, but I... To Ty's point, I thought he meant more so like, hey, you can be Batman on the field and then you can go rob the NFLPA and take $10 oh, million dollars out of the player's pocket. We'll know if Jameis starts throwing if James starts throwing slushies in someone's face. Then, Come yeah, on. Smoothie, Connor, sorry. Connor's memory and callback is just off the charts. Oh, is he really Jeez. making you proud out there, huh? Like, <laughs> first I mean, off, yeah. Connor's yeah, like the seventh kid at this point. Huh? You look like you're watching your son out here grow on the microphone. This is unbelievable. I wish. I mean, I've never had a horse at my birthday party, you know, and I figured maybe AJ would put that together for me, but I guess not. I'm excited about that. That's going to be a great time. Can't wait to raise some money. Um, That's going to be a fantastic There's no real horses there, Connor. What? See, I didn't fully understand the situation, so I was trying to explain it. I thought maybe there was. Oh, no. I'm not on a horse. No. Oh, why not? Fake, Fake horse. You're on like a fake horse, yeah. Oh, okay, like doing a bull dance. Oh, I feel the one of those horses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that type of horse? Yep. Oh, exactly. I thought I was actually on a pony this weekend. I was real excited about it. I was trying you're to gonna figure it. You were going to dressage. I, was, I thought I was, yeah. I was doing that. I was trying to figure out how I get a selfie stick so I can get a good zoomed out version of me on this goddamn pony, you know what I mean? But turns out it's just a handy pony. I didn't know that. All right. Let's go to the five energy phone lines. Do you think James Winston's going to be worth a fuck or not? He's Bruce Wayne and Batman now, not just Batman. 
I, I, I wasn't really sure, and now that I've seen this and you present all this information, absolutely MVP. What's this? What are the odds for him to get MVP? I don't know if they have him out there. Oh, they do. They definitely do. Did he bring the dog to camp? What's that? Excuse me. Did he bring the dog to camp? Is he in between drills? Is the dog still snapping at him? Oh, okay, you're talking about the towel drill. Yeah, hey, listen, Jameis has left no stone unturned when it comes to the preparing to be a potential starter in the NFL again. No drill left behind is what I like to call Jameis Winston's off-season program. He will do whatever, however, to get better. I don't know if it's Bruce or Batman, but I do know that there is a... There is a Swiss Army knife man uh, who's also competing for the same position out of uh, out of beautiful Mormonville. And Taysom yeah. Hill might be the best he's ever been as well. James says plus 6,000. Those are the same odds as Cam Tua, Joe Burrow, and Derek Carr. Ooh. What? What's Max sprinkle, Jones? Sprinkle some money there, Diggs. Taysom is plus 18,000. Hey, look at you getting a little uh, – are you doing a little futures gambling lingo there, you? There's no way that you ever do anything futures because I'm sure you your brain cannot comprehend something that doesn't get paid out until February. Let me tell you how <laughs> I had come. You're right. I did have to fight through that for a long time because well, it I also, know exactly what happens. You're, I'll let you finish, but I know you all of a sudden February 10th hits. You're like, oh hey, oh hey Sam, oh I lost 50k. Oh I, I made 100k. Like that's exactly what happens, bro. No, I mean Sam knows. Basically, every dollar that's won or lost because I talk about it publicly on here so much. So if I, I do need a potential. As soon as Carson Wentz walked into this goddamn office and then he walked out of the office, I was like, How could you? How could you right. not? So that was a very me move in the moment, riding the emotion mm-hmm. of what's happening right now. I put the bet in. But you're right, staring at it every single day, it's hard not to just cash that thing out and be like, This money is much better served mm-hmm. in this particular ping pong game in Russia this morning. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's hard not to do it. I will say, yeah, I've been battling against it. So I appreciate you acknowledging that and noticing. What's going on? If I do recall, though, the NFL futures bets that you had last year hmm. damn near were perfect, I thought. Were they much better than? Maybe Mr. Future Forethought himself, A.J. Hawks. Cowboys in the Super Bowl? I mean, come on now. You guys know. Dak got hurt. If, did Tom, if Tom Brady got hurt, would you have picked the Bucks still? Well, that's the thing about Tom Brady, you see. You're right. He doesn't get hurt. Nope. Well, he did that one time, and then Matt Castle got paid $700 million yeah. to go somewhere else. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Hey, did Phil get his coffee stuff from Guerrero or someone else? Um, I think he got his own. Coffeewellness.something. And I didn't promote it, so I did kind of miss a little bit, but I think he has a full foundation around the coffee and everything. Like he, he really attributed that to like changing his entire life. That coffee in itself. His body has changed. I mean, he's he's a lot like more muscular now than he was when he was younger. I'm not a coffee guy, but people love it. Like people that drink coffee, fucking love coffee. I oh, wish yeah. I was in that community. Like I really it's wish. like everything about it. It's everything around it. You know, it's it's a way to hang out with people and people love like making fancy coffee and all that stuff it's like the process of doing it which i would assume is very similar sometimes to you and at times if you want to take some vitamins like getting preparing that oh uh, like coffee yeah it's like cigars i was going to say as well i think you were talking about my potential uh vitamin usage but cigar is probably the same thing the coffee community seems like a cool one though because i love brunch mm-hmm. like i'm a big brunch guy yes it's my favorite meal it's best feels like Coffee people enjoy vitamins as well. It seems like the, the coffee and vitamins seem to go well together. But for whatever reason, my palate just can't. Cafe con leche. Hey. Ooh. Shout out. Hey, shout out. Shout and with out. the new uh, with the new espresso machine, I guess mm. we, we can potentially make it. So I might be dabbling in there. But Phil attributing his entire success here at this age to the coffee made me think middle of the conversation. Like, 
all right, I'm gonna fucking get in a coffee. I drink the hell out of these. I drink a lot of green teas. I have to be able to get in coffee. It's gonna make me better than ever. It said it on the fucking picture right behind him. If you're not a coffee guy yet, you will never be a coffee What's guy. What's that all about? I mean, I've kind of just come to that realization as well. Like, I would like to start drinking coffee and get into it a little bit more, but it's just never gonna happen. Just do it. If you wanna do it, you gotta do it. Yeah, I mean, I started when I was 30. Ty can't drink the coffee because he will literally poop his pants. I will. Yeah. Pat, you, oh, yeah. I think you just need to find the right taste. You need yeah. to find the mixers and what's well, going to do it for you. Hey, no not, mixers, no. You can't. That that's coffee's good. If you drink black coffee, it's there's a lot of benefits. When yeah. you're getting problems, is you start dumping milk and sugar and garbage. That's and not flavor. Coffee. That tastes terrible. Yeah, yeah that's, that's not flavor. Garbage. Hey, not listen, I get it. Hey, obviously, you order your coffee black, AJ. No, I, <laughs> because oh, I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Hey, 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 you even think about putting a goddamn splendor in the Are you kidding me? Are, are you, you are kidding you me? Are you done? He doesn't drink milk? Like, your uh, kid's bones are going to break in half. Dude. Hey, no, no, listen, it ain't about the milk whenever you're drinking your fucking coffee. You need that thing black, and you let them steam that thing to its hottest. Give me a couple shots in that thing, too. MCDC yeah. style. Yeah, black, black guys. guys yeah. 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 yeah, AJ Hawk, yeah. <laughs> let me know when you're done. <laughs> Hot coffee. I mean, we got we got a little bit out of control, but obviously you drink your coffee black. We knew that. I, what I was trying to say was if you want to, I, I forced myself to drink coffee. I always loved the smell of it, and I forced myself to like it. But I started drinking black coffee, so I don't like coffee any different way. I don't like flavored coffee. I don't like anything in it. If you start drinking coffee that way, I think that's the coffee you like, and you can drink unlimited amounts. You're telling me that when you started drinking coffee, you microdosed yourself into beating this just like you did with your shellfish addiction or um, mm-hmm. allergy or whatever. Very similar, yeah. Same with cigars. I, I like the smell of the secondhand smoke of cigars, so I eventually smoke cigars until I like them. See, I like the smell of coffee as well, but you did it black with nothing else in it, strictly so you could tell people that they were less than Never. you. Yeah. For Never. doing it. No, I, you think I have a problem ordering like some latte frappuccino situation if I'm a, no, I don't have a, an issue doing that, but I don't that's not coffee to me. Well, see, you're doing you did all that though just so you could do this right here. Boom. No. Yeah, cuz you've seen it in the past. I didn't yeah. bring up coffee. I wasn't even going to let it, let you know that I drink coffee. Get off your I knew off. you drank coffee. And by the way, I knew you drank coffee black. How about it? We all did. Mm-hmm. You're AJ fucking Hawk, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously. Obviously. Yeah. There, is no, there is no guessing on whether or not he put Splenda or, yeah. or steamed milk. If I yeah. liked it, if I liked that flavor and it was good for me, I would do that. No, you forced yourself not to like that flavor. You just said it. I just know the flavor. What I started with is what I like, yeah. I'm going to get in coffee black, by the way, because I do want to be a little bit more like A.J. Hawk on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. Be like Phil. No, put that uh, like ginger root extract and resveratrol like Phil does. Hey, you know a lot. Hey, you're I don't think we dive into you like your nutrition knowledge and fitness knowledge. Legit. Are you a supplement? Do you take supplements on a daily basis? I mean, I do. Not much. I never like was huge into them. I don't like protein shakes. Never drank those, though. So you take those pills, do, do any of them do anything that you're legally allowed to buy? Because I always assumed if I can go buy it somewhere, it's probably not going to do anything for me. Yeah, I mean, I think most of the stuff doesn't do anything. But no, I mean, the one thing I've been on for a long time, it's like super like high-grade fish oils. I think those are helpful. Oh, do you get the ones coated in mint, too, so you don't burp up that fishy Ooh, taste? No, those are not the high-quality ones. Oh, see, here we go. Uh, of course. Yeah. All right, here we, we got to call you back because your connection is obviously terrible. Uh, they're they're coming it. for me. Hey, big coffee's coming for me. Well, that's what I'm saying. You need to get that connection, you know, get a little pot of coffee done. And yeah. Get that thing back up and running, you know. Don't put any flavor into that thing, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, we'll call you back, AJ. You don't He's put any sugar in that green tea, do you? Splenda. Four of them. All right, good. Happy cancer.
I think your connection's bad. There's no way you just said what you just said there. He's not the first person who's told that to me, but God damn it, tastes so good. Yeah, it's good. It's yeah. not sugar. Hey, I, say, I think tea's just like coffee. Same thing. Huh? Same community. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, I like this. I can get into liking coffee, I think. But For sure. There's so many flavors yeah. out there. He did that on purpose. Oh, yeah. Because he's AJ Hawk. Mm. <laughs> Can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. Big thanks to Lefty. What a legend. What an icon. What a conversation. And big thanks to all the boys for their maximum effort every single day. I can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. I know there's a lot of other options. The fact you allow us to be a part of your day-to-day, I am eternally grateful for. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Wednesday. Big show coming. Minyana, be a friend, tell a friend. Hashtag in a pod squad. I love you. Cheers.